This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that is so close, we can smell it. Uh, no, Darren Mantle is not here tonight, don't panic. Uh, right, a great day on Saturday as Chelsea's 1-0 win against United brought us one match closer to lifting the Premier League title. Tim's rustling away in his bag. What are you rustling for? piece of paper, obviously. Fair enough. Anyway, as for the match, we all knew what to expect and Jose delivered a classic rope-a-dope on United, invited them in for the first half an hour before... Sorry, for the first half an hour before Eden Hazard delivered what proved to be the knockout blow on 38 minutes. After that, we didn't really break sweat with a quality defensive team performance. Who wants sexy football when you can have winning football? And if we win the next two matches... The title will be ours. Bring it on, I say. Now, I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast Countdown to Ecstasy for those of you like me and unlike Tim who likes Steely Dan. But there you go. Now, uh, enough of uh, my waffle at the beginning of the show. Uh, I am delighted, as always, to be accompanied by uh, Dr. Marr. Actually, he, this is a, you weren't supposed to be here tonight, I'm, I'm, but you are. I'm getting quite regular these days. You are. Yeah. I'm glad the brown flakes are working. Indeed. That's what I like to see. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you on Saturday as well, it, in it, fact. It, what a great day that was. It was. Now, we're, I'm also delighted to say we have the return of Ross the Boss. Good evening, cheers. It was good to see you on Saturday. It, it was. Yeah, it was Jones' 25th day. birthday party. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we'll probably talk a little bit about that later on. Where we had a cracking time. It was good to see you. Now, uh, we're also very delighted and honoured uh, tonight to have in the house Tim Rolls, the chairman of the uh, we're not doing a Harriet Harman a chairperson we're are we certainly not no, no you're, you're the chairman <laughs> as far as I'm concerned of the Chelsea Supporters Trust and a great mate of mine who's been on the show many many times it's lovely to have him back on our old school podcast for a change 
Good to be here. Lovely to see you, mate, as always. Now, uh, on the show tonight, we're going to be kicking off with the ratings for the United game. Shit. Well done, Ross. Yeah, you, you, Ross is Ross is back with the program with a vengeance, uh, and we we're, can swear on this, can't we? Well, uh, yes. Well, uh, judiciously. judiciously, there has to be a good reason for it. As you said earlier on, before we went on air, for example, when I ranted about QPR the other week. Uh, now uh, we will be awarding our man of the match, and we'll t- be talking about Zuma and Hazard and Zuma, 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 and a great defensive uh, team performance. And after all of that, we'll be explaining. Uh, as Tim put so eloquently in tw- on Twitter the other day and noticed immediately that I'd nicked it from him. But we'll be discussing why possession is nine-tenths of the bore and we'll be asking why the media and the opposition fans are trying to devalue our title-winning aspirations with accusations of negative, boring football. And we'll be asking what has happened to stir the Stamford Bridge crowd into such a rousing atmosphere in the last two home games. Uh, after that, we're going to be talking to Tim about his role as chairman of the Chelsea Supporters Trust and what the Trust has achieved over the last couple of years. Uh, and then we'll finish off with our usual Chelsea roundup, including, I feel a drum roll coming on here almost, but we're including Tim's top 10. He's got them written down <laughs> on his piece of paper. That's what he was scrabbing. Tim, I should explain this, but Tim very pithily explained that he was going to be on the show a couple of weeks ago. And he said, I'd rather talk about my top 10. Uh, records of all time <laughs> and I said mate anything to kick football out of football we will discuss your top 10 so we'll do that then well if he said it pithily it'd be a shame to take the pith wouldn't it, it would I'm not taking the pith at all mate uh, but anyway we'll be doing that and, 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 and also if he's listening which I'm sure he will be uh, we're going to be answering the Portuguese's question about what constitutes a Chelsea legend which I thought was an excellent question so I feel duty bound to answer that now don't forget you can uh, tweet us at Chelsea Fancast whilst you're listening to this hopefully uh, whilst you're doing uh, a bit of tweet, well, not tweeting, but posting on the live chat page at Mixler, because you can listen to us live and direct from the bunker in Pimlico uh, on Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast during the show, and tell us what you think about what we're saying or anything else Chelsea related. Now, uh, special, 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 special news, which is uh, um, we've now launched our new video channel, which is uh, called Mimi TV. Uh, which is not all about me, subject to uh, popular opinion. Uh, anyway, it means that we'll be doing mini podcasts when the mood takes us, uh, and it'll kind of like it's a bit like Google Hangout, but better uh, because it means you can kind of join in and be on camera, ask us questions, that kind of thing. Now, I've decided that the best way to do this is after the podcast every week. Once I've wrapped this up, I will then go over to my computer, turn on the Mimi TV stuff, and host what I call a special Chelsea Fancast warm down for about 30 minutes on Mimi TV to answer any of your questions and discuss some of the issues that we've raised during the show, uh, which I think is a great idea. Now, if you want to do that and you want to interact and participate, all you have to do is to sign up or log in at Mimi.tv. That's M-E-E-M-E-E dot TV. And then, step one, you go to the live TV guide, uh, which will be Mimi.tv schedule. You scroll down and click Enter Early or Watch on the Chelsea Fancast tab. And then you click Enter Me Chat, which is our live broadcast, and you should be able to watch us live. You need a desktop or a laptop, preferably with a webcam, otherwise what's the point? Uh, you can't do it from your iPad. And step three, if you have something to say, you can actually request to chat, and you'll have a prompt to click an Allow button, and then you just click Request to go on stage, and we can have a chat. Now, 
You'll see your avatar at the bottom of the screen turn red from blue and we'll be able to put you live on the show. Alternatively, you don't have to take part. You can just watch uh, and participate by, by just sending me an instant message on the channel too. If you're stuck about this and you need to know how this all works, then I wrote a blog about it, which you can find in the on the blog section. If you go to the homepage of the ChelseaFanCast.com website, it's uh, on the it's the first one I think on on the on the blog section on the homepage. Just go, go and check it out, and I'll remind you during the show. But it'd be nice to get a few of you in there tonight, and I shall I shall be at your disposal. And that's in an hour and fifty three minutes it, from now. It will be at nine fifteen precisely. Oh, so I need fifteen it's slightly longer than well. That. I need fi- nine. I need fifteen minutes to wind down after this and at least have a piss, uh, and then I can do the show. So there we go. Right now, without further ado, after this little sting, which I will edit into the program later tonight. We will do our match review and our player ratings. So there we go. Now, uh, time for the player ratings, which I have, of course, nicked from Mark Worrell and his wonderful ESPN blog. Uh... And they are. I've also, boys, just so you know, I did, I did print out uh, what Mark had to say about it in the ratings earlier on. I couldn't help noticing that those and those are different. I know. Well spotted, smart. No, I decided that I didn't actually agree with Mark o this week, so I thought I would, I would change. What You've edited said. it. I have, I have, I have. Uh, Chidge style. Shall I, shall I tell you what they are? Yeah, go on. All right. Okay. These are Chidge's ratings. Can you guess what it is yet? Can you we can't, see we can't do things like that anymore. No, 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 no. So basically, all of my Jimmy Savile and Rolf Harris jokes are completely not allowed anymore. That's right. I find this so unfair. Anyway, uh, Courtois, seven. Aspili Cueta, eight. Terry, seven. Cahill, seven. Ivanovic, seven. Matic, six. Zuma, eight. Oscar, seven. Fabregas, seven. Hazard, eight. Drogba, seven. And the substitutes, Ramirez, seven. And Mikel and William didn't get enough game time, so they get nil point. Well, they just don't get any mark at all, really, which I think is a bit fairer. So there you go. I mean, what did Marco? Marco actually went for Courtois, seven. Branner, six. So he gave Branner less than me. Uh, JT got eight, which is the same as me. No, I gave Terry, seven. Seven, yeah. Uh, Cahill, seven. We both agree on that. Aspie, seven. I gave him eight. Matichi gave seven. I gave him six. I was... Very, very variant with Marco this week. Interesting. Zuma, we both agreed on that was eight, and uh, Fabregas seven. I said seven. Hazard eight. He said nine. Oscar, we agreed on was seven, and Drogba, uh, we agreed on was seven, and I think Ramirez, we agreed on two. So yes, we did vary a bit, but there you go. So what do you think about those ratings? Ross, Ross is the man who's been usurped because this was the <laughs> section of the show that used to be called Ross's ratings until he flagrantly couldn't be asked to do them anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're broadly correct between the both of you. Um, I thought Aspie, I'm definitely with you on Aspie. I thought he was excellent. I thought Terry was good as well. Um, I think both a little generous with Drogbury. He gave the ball away a fair bit, especially especially in the first half. But by and large, yeah, spot on. Yeah, I think they're quite healthily high, actually, would be my... my uh my main point, and, and I think deservedly so. I mean, you know... Mainly, mainly for the de- defensive work more so than... than yeah, attacking no, work. absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, I gave Matic a six, because I, I, I actually thought... I think... I, it's kind of old with Matic. I can't, I'm kind of judging him by his extremely high standards for most of the season, and I, and I think his form has dipped. I think he's looking a bit tired and leggy, and, and I think as a consequence he was giving the ball away a lot more than he normally does, Tim. Yeah, I mean... I'm not sure he's been quite the player since he came back from 
suspension, suspension. maybe, but yeah. you know, that's I'd that's been that. very picky about someone who I think is one of the best, you know, half dozen players in the Premiership this season. I mean, what you have to remember is that United set up to win the game because they had to win the game, and they they admitted that beforehand. And Luke Shaw got us a couple of times, but once we'd sort of settled down, we were in control. They only had two shots on goal, and this is this is Manchester United. This is a team. Who apparently who do what they want? Who do what they want? Yeah. But I mean, they've got Falcao who earns even nearly as much as Rooney. They've got you know Di Maria was on the bench. I mean, but they are an expensive team, and we shut them out. I thought we shut them out very well. I was yeah. very very happy. Yeah, great defensive yeah. display, I think. And I, I think actually the interesting thing is what epitomised that for me, Smart, was, was Zuma. I mean, a what a beast he is. But oh. I think I loved. I mean, you know, he was he was picked specifically to snuff out the threat of Fellaini, which he did absolutely brilliantly in his pocket all game. He did it? absolutely brilliantly. I, I do take issue with a six for uh, um, really for Matic. Yeah, the the reason is he may have given the ball away a few times, but he did win it off them a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I feel I'm being a bit harsh on him, but as I said, I'm judging him against the extremely high standards mm. that. He set earlier in the season. But generally, I thought the pressing against them was very, very good. Well, we, we talked about this in the, in the pub mm. after, didn't we? And I, and I thought, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about this later on in, in, in the second part about the fact that we reeled him in in the first half mm. and the rope dope stuff. But I, one of the things that really impressed me second half, actually, and I think, you know, we were lucky in the fact that we had got that one goal lead, but I thought that we pressed them brilliantly and we were winning the ball. But they couldn't we play it out of their own them. half a yeah. lot of the time. I know. Yeah. And Matic was very much responsible Indeed. for that. So, yeah. You know, I, I, maybe I am being a bit harsh on him, but there you go. Um, I thought Hazard was uh, imperious yet again, uh, Ross, and, and what a fantastic goal! And and Oscar, oh. who get who got a bit of a hard time from us the other week, but uh, I think he, uh, I think his back heel should not go go unnoticed. Yeah. It was genius. It, well, it was four great pieces of play. It was JT, mm. JT's the ball foul on Falcao, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Fouling Falcao, yeah. uh, Fabregas's uh, sort of little little run and pass and Oscar's back heel and a great f- finish from Hazard he put it pretty much the only place that uh, De Gea was really weak Not which was right, right between the legs yeah. low and I hope he called it <laughs> nuts <laughs> nuts yeah exactly um, but yeah it was it was a superb superb piece of play and uh, worthy of winning any match really. I, I've watched JT's tackle a few times there was nothing wrong with that I, he I got the ball totally clean Falcao is he went down too easily you know, yes. a luxury player and he yeah. obviously doesn't like tackles one if my, anything, Falcao brought JT down in that tackle. One of my favourite sayings is he went down quicker than Paris Hilton with night vision. But there you go, Indeed. we should perhaps move on. Um, we were talking about the great defensive uh, uh, display and, and, I, and I'm, I'm really delighted and very, very happy, in fact, that Mourinho uh, made a point of, uh, A, not actually singling anybody out and saying what a great team performance it was and then making a point of singling Aspie out. Yep. Mm. You know, because I remember watching, because uh, basically, because I, I, I'm old and senile now, Tim, I actually have to write notes during the game so I can do this flaming show. And uh, it's quite funny because normally the notes only go up to the you know, beginning of the second half when I get too wrapped up in the game and just can't be asked to do it anymore. But I, one of the few notes that I made was, was, was for me, how, how Aspie stood out. I, I, and, and particularly the way he kept matter in his pocket smart. Oh, he did. You know, absolutely in his pocket, wasn't he, the whole yeah, match? absolutely. Yeah. And he's kind of returned to that. that I mean, you know, when, when Aspie's on, on, on form, I find, you know, he... He just doesn't let anybody beat him. You know, if if they go past him, he catches them up and nicks the ball back. I mean, he's phenomenally good at defending. But every great team or very good team has at least one player you rarely notice because mm. they're just efficient and they do their job. And I would say he's that player. He's not a demonstrative bloke. He doesn't spend his time shouting at referees or charging into opposition players. But he's consistently very, very good. And every team mm. 
Every good team needs that. Yeah. Steve Clark was like that. Yep. Uh, Albert Ferrer was like that. Yep. Chappy, Chappy Ferrer, everyone knows his name. Bob Mourinho said that last year, didn't he? He said he'd, he'd quite happily have a whole team full of Aspies. And mm. we've seen these hilarious, uh, you know, memes or memes or whatever they're called uh, with a team full of Aspies, yep. which I thought was very, very funny. I mean, you need your hazards yeah. and your Oscars, but you do need your Aspie questers. I mean, Ferrer was like that too. I mean, yeah. Mourinho very famously said that about Ferrer, didn't he? He said he's always mm-hmm. 7 out of 10. Yeah. But for me, that's what I want. That's brilliant. And, and Ashley Cole, of course, was Ashley Cole. Yeah. Did you see that by a quick, quick tangent? Did you see those idiot away boys uh, at the in the Green Man pub at Wembley with the uh, uh, the uh, very homophobic song about Ashley Cole, which I will not repeat because it was it was so offensive no, to I my ears. Yeah, what a bunch of wankers. There was, um, there anyway. was one great moment, which you know I think sometimes the art. Of well, that wasn't a great moment, was it? No, no, no. Not, not under the marquee in that video. Definitely not. <laughs> one year, one year. That flaming boat they get to Stamford Bridge has got to sink, sink, hasn't it? <laughs> At least Katie Hopkins will be happy. Bit of politics. Anyway, go on then. Um, yeah, well, I was, I was going to say that I, I think quite often um, defence the art of. Ross is off already. It's only been 20 minutes. He's only had two sips of wine. I know. Exactly. Nice wine, though, too. <laughs> I've nicked it off the missus, so I can guarantee that it's quality rather than the schlep yeah. I'd have. You know. Thank you very much. That's all right. No, thank you, Sarah, you should say. Thank you. Thank you, the other two. Mrs. Mrs. Chidge. Chidge. Yeah. We said that in sync, Smart. It was good. Yeah, carry on, Ross. Um, no, I thought, you know, sometimes the art defending gets doesn't get much, as much airtime as the art yeah. attacking. How true. And How was, true. There was one moment from Aspie uh, late in the second half, which I thought really stood out for me, and... And uh, that was when um, Yanizai came on. Mm. Uh, you know, he's quick and he, he's got he's got a couple of tricks in his bag. He, you know, he um, he tried to take Aspie down the flank and then cut back in. And Aspie read it beautifully and sort of body checked him. He mm. just ran off with the ball. Very very underrated piece of defending to be able to read an attacker's play. Just just like think that. how good Aspie could be if you played him at right back, which is his mm. natural well, position. There is I that. Think they, I, think, <laughs> I think they were all hoping that Luis would come in this year and, and demonstrate yeah. he could be a good left back. But Branner's been one of the and best Brand, players yeah. in the league, mm. let alone yeah. for us. I mean, he's the outstanding right back in in the Premier League. And, We've and, got two of the best right backs know, in the world. Yeah, and one of them is. Amazing at left. I mean, I thought I thought Branner had an excellent game again. I I, I, I really do. I mean, it'd be interesting because we're getting to that kind of stage of the year, aren't we? When it's going to be Chelsea Player of the Year, and obviously Hazard will win it. But I, I hope I hope Branner gets some recognition actually because I think he's had a phenomenally good season. Well, this I year. vote for him every year. Do you really? Because Tim? he's again, he's another one of these quite consistent you, man. ones. I mean, he, yeah. Hazard will win and deserves to win. Hazard's the best player in the Premier League at yeah. the moment. Yeah, country mile, isn't it? And he deserves to, as he deserves to win. The national awards, and I'm I'm sure that he will win the national awards. But there's eight or nine players we've got putting consistently good performances through. The you have to include JT in yeah. there. Yeah. He's had an exceptionally good season. Yeah, he's barely yeah. put a foot wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the days of the late seventies and early eighties, when it would almost go by default to anyone, <laughs> the Mike, least bad, Mike, Mike Fillery or someone who could string three passes. <laughs> who, who, together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who, who put three passes together consecutively in a match? You know, it's you know we've, we've progressed rather a lot in the last thirty odd years, haven't we? Just eh. <laughs> But I think, you know, I think I think I made the point. And in fact, actually, for those of you listening on Mixilla, I know that you'll not be unaware of the fact that I posted a link to, to, to my uh, International Business Times article this week. But uh, go and have a look at that while listening to this if you want to. But I made exactly that same point, Tim, that, that, that you know, um, the reason why Chelsea will win the Premier League this year is because they are the best team. And I mean team. Mm. That is a, a bunch of players that play for each other mm. and the manager, and everything that they do is for the collective effort. Yeah. 
And that is why that they will win it because they and are they the best got, team. And we got the best manager and we got the best yeah, captain. Exactly. Those obviously contribute. Well, the funny thing is, and I said this, I said the biggest ego and personality and the most charismatic member of the team is, in fact, Mourinho. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest individual talent, if you like, is Mourinho. But actually, everything that he does, he does for the team effort as well. But what a great leader on the field in JT. Yeah, I mean, it's just wonderful. I'm just so enjoying this season, but more of that later. Um, what did I want? Oh, yeah, talking of doing a job for the team, actually, it's a good, good little segue, Mr. Chigi. Um, I thought Drogba actually did a really good job. He for did the a team job for week. us. Yeah. Exactly that. You know? Exactly that. You after know, you, after you, his trials and tribulations last week. On some of the, the websites, the, some of the, um, the, the social media following that game, there have been people saying that. Job was past his sell-by date. Yes, we all agree he is past his sell-by date. But he does a job. And if you bring in someone like Patrick Banford, who's, who's, and congratulations to him for winning the, uh, the championship player of the season. That's a brilliant result for him. Um, but if you bring him in, is, is he going to be so good at defending set pieces as Drogba? Is he going to be so good at holding the ball up as Drogba? There, I mean, there well, is an issue that Drogba isn't likely to score many goals. Nah. So the goals have to come from somewhere else. And we're extremely lucky... We've got Hazard, who's now got 13 league goals this season. I did well again in the article, which I love plugging. I love it when it actually all links together. But again, I mentioned this. I mean, we've, you know, we've scored uh, 90 goals in all competitions this year, and 15 of our team have scored them. 118, goals. 18 of those goals have come from defenders, and that's what I call total football team. 101 goals. Well, according to the BBC website that I looked at, it was 90, but whatever. My maths has never been brilliant, as you know. But the bottom line is we've scored a lot of goals, but actually they've been spread all across the team, which is what Tim's point is. Uh, on that point, I mean, I heard some rumours today that uh, Drogba's done his ankle. Remy's not 100% fit. And, of course, we don't know whether Costa's going to be back in time for Arsenal next week. So we have a bit of an injury crisis with our struggles. I also had, I, I heard somewhere, Ross, I don't know where I heard this from, but I heard a rumour that Remy's fallen out of Mourinho. Yeah, I, I read I that. I read that as well. But Is there any I mean, truth to that? I, I, I doesn't want to be put on the bench. Well, he's, I don't he's, think Remy's, you know, he he's never been, been renowned as a massive team player, but it's just a rumour. Yeah. So just, just rubbish. I think we can rubbish that one. But, you know, we've gone into the season with three top strikers. It was likely to happen at some point yeah. that mm. two of them were going to get injured and yeah. suspensions and things. And that's happened now. Now, we seem to be working our way around it, but it's, it's not an ideal situation. No, it isn't. Well, I mean, to, to be really honest, I, you know, I think actually in view of what we've just said, that actually we can score from anywhere on the pitch and that we've played with Drogba for the last two games knowing full well that he was actually very unlikely to, to find the back of the net because, I mean, we, we discussed it at length on the show last week, Tim. We, I still think he's got a great brain and great touch, yep. but I think he lacks that explosiveness that he used to have, which Indeed. is would take him a yard away from a defender and unable him to score. So I don't expect him to score. So that being the case, he did. Hang on, that being the case, we're playing with a striker who we don't think will score. So what's the harm in playing Solanke next uh, next weekend? Yeah, well, you know, it, what's the harm? It's no it's, pressure on him. I, I don't think he'll do that. I think on on evidence this season, Jose is not ready to play play the younger players at least for a, a long enough period. It, it, it depends what you want. Game, it depends but. on the tactics. I mean, if if he wants a target man up front, you you, you put. I don't know. You, I mean, you know, we could always buy Sherla back and make him as a false number nine again. I think well, you could play a false number nine. That's one thing you could do. But if you want a target man up front to kick balls up to, you could put someone like Zuma up there. I mean, just to head it down for someone else. I think it might, might if, if you know, if all those three are out, you might see Hazard played played up front and then yeah. and then try and feed him the ball as much as possible. A bit like Ronaldo can can actually lead the line in that yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think I, I think Drogba had an up and down game yesterday. 
I thought he did give the ball away a little bit, but he did really he well. He battled, to, mate. He did, and he occupied their defence, and he did really well to create that one that one chance for himself. Yep. Yeah, he's played in. He knew he didn't have the pace to beat the man, but he he nudged into him and then sort of shoved him off a little bit, and he was he was sort of unlucky not to yeah. score. I mean, I I have no I love him to pieces, and I have no problem with him. As I said, I think the reality is is that you know three years ago, four years ago, he would have gone past that defender and he would have scored. He can no longer do that, but. His his brain. He's still at half a yard ahead of most players because he's got a great his football brain. Half brain. A yard ahead of his body, yeah. unfortunately. Your brain is offside. <laughs> your brain is offside. You know, but he's also got great touch, and he's still got that physical strength. And and he still works hard for the team. Yes, was, he does. Like, it, was, it was into the, like the you know the the last ten minutes. He was still tracking back when Hazard was caught yeah. upfield. That yeah. sort of thing. You know, he's a great leader on the pitch too, Ross, mm. as well. And I think that actually at this time of the season, Tim, I think that. That actually counts for a lot. It is. I mean, we're lucky that we've got five or six leaders on the pitch. Yeah. Other teams in the Premiership, <coughs> seem, uh, Arsenal would be one case in point. They only seem to have one or two. They've got a lot of headless chickens on the pitch, Arsenal, to be now, fair. If Drogba doesn't play against Arsenal, it, it means we'd, you know, we'd have to play slightly differently. But he, he is a leader and he's still, he's still charismatic. And he was still, he's, he's done things to Arsenal in the past, joyously. Over the last ten or twelve years, well, it like score pretty score, much every match, score, score and yeah. lead them a merry dance, and rough up yeah. their yeah. sort of featherweight centre backs. Yeah. So, and he may may well look forward to doing that again. Wouldn't it be lovely though? Wouldn't what I mean as as a swan song for Drogba, which it inevitably will probably yeah. be. Wouldn't it be lovely to see him batter the arse one more time, score against Arsenal one last time? Yeah, exactly. exactly, I would love to see that. Right, um, very very quickly because I want to do the man of the match tingy. Uh, but we should discuss the De Gea handball and the Herrera penalty that obviously wasn't and, and Mike Dean's performance therein. Um, I, I didn't realise this until I got home very drunkenly and watched it on Match of the Day, actually smart. But De Gea should have gone very red sneaky. card for that. He did it with his arm down yeah. by his side. It was very sneaky. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And it I don't was, think any of the officials saw it. But it was definitely outside the area. Oh, it was. It was definitely, definitely I mean, a foul. He should have gone. But the re- you wouldn't necessarily expect the ref to be in line with it, but you'd certainly hope well, yeah. the linesman would be. You would, but, yeah. So. Although there was a... Def- I mean, I think it's just difficult to yeah. spot. Yeah. It's- and it's also... It's- it's only it's split second, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's not I mean, I think he kind of knew he was outside his yeah. area because the weight. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna handle it when you're inside your area, you're not gonna sort of half swipe your arm. It was like that, area. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, it's a really difficult spot. Although having said that, Dean was pretty poor all game long. So well, he was until, until of course yeah. the uh, the Herrera Cahill incident, which was I mean, you know, I, do you know actually I had a very good view of that, albeit about ninety yards away, but. You know, because we, I had absolute line of sight, I could tell in real time, actually, Phil Neville, uh, but it was a complete dive because, you know, from where I sit, Tim, it's like the other way around yeah. from you. You know, absolute line of it sight. It looked like a dive. It, yeah, it looked so yeah. unnatural. I mean, it was yes. like a belly there, flop. There were so many players in the way, I couldn't really tell what Yeah, happened. well, we had a, yeah. I had literally line of sight and it yeah. looked I like a belly flop. opposite angle to you yeah. in that sense. And I was like, oh. Yeah, you see, you would have thought, oh, yeah. shit, it's a penalty. Well, no, I didn't. I just held my breath for it. Yeah. For I think moment. everyone... No, I said dive since I well, saw yeah, it. Yeah. 39,000 yeah. people held their breath. You, know. you, you would have had... You, you and I have a pretty, pretty much the similar same line of sight. And I just thought, that's such a dive. And... I mean, admittedly, when you do see it on Match of the Day, you know, I, you, you have seen them given, but it was so obviously a cheating, cheating, cheating attempt to win a penalty. And I mean, having been abysmal most of the game, you know, fair play to Mike Dean for, for actually realising that and not giving them a pen because it would have been so unjust. And I, can't, and I can't really blame Mike Dean or, or, the, or the, either of the assistant referees for not spotting De Gea having one off the wrist, to be honest. 
<laughs> Good one, smart. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Actually, I, I did, I did invoke the Gary Neville song for Mike Dean during the match. Well, oh, no, that's not, incredible! Not, no, not that one. <laughs> oh, right. The one that where, where we know what he's always been. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, much to the he, uh, humour of uh, the people around me. All right, enough of that. I think it's time for Man of the Match. Now I'm determined to uh, nominate the following three for Man of the Match, which are no particular order: uh, as Billy Coetta, Zuma. And Hazard. Those would be my three nominations. Would you deviate at all from that, Ross? Um, I want to give it to Aspie, but you've got to say that that match-winning moment from Hazard. Would you? Just... Were you happy with those as the nominations? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think JT maybe ahead of Zuma. I mean, I thought Zuma played very well. He did his job. The JT was was excellent. And I, as I say, I want to give it to Aspie, but that that match-winning moment from Hazard was something else. That's what wins man of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Although I really want to. Give it to Zuma. I just thought he was... I mean, for somebody so young, you know, to have the tactical uh, kind of nous to play how he played, I thought was was brilliant. And I'm really tempted to give it to him, but I remain to be convinced. Tim? Well, it's the old story. You've got two players who did did their job and did them very well. Yeah. And you've got one world-class player who made the difference. Absolutely. And I would give it to Hazard on the basis that he made the difference. I, I love I love both of your logic and I'm, I am inclined to agree, but I'm still yet to make up my mind totally. So that's two for Hazard. Smart? The trouble is with Hazard, he's so good that it counts against him because you could easily give him play, man of the match every single game. We pretty much have done this. Well, season. I know, I know. And it's it's unfair on him sometimes not to give it to him, but, but I'm going to deviate, I'm afraid. And I'm going to go for, go for Zuma. And there was just one incident in the game that, 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 that probably swayed me on that one. And that was when he harassed um, Fellaini from his own... Oh, yes. From his yes. own... All the way back. And, and he shoved him back 50 yards just by harassing him. I thought that was brilliant. Along, along the touchline, do you remember it? I do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the thing to bear in mind is Fellaini has been an extremely effective player for United. Yes, he has. In the last couple of months. A reborn player. A reborn player, and he was less effective on Saturday than he's been for a while, and mm. that is down to the way that we played. I think there was only once in the whole game when he got away from yeah, yeah. Zuma. I'm, I'm really delighted to say, that's why I love the people that listen to this show, they're actually deviating massively. Uh, a lot going are for us. deviants? They are. You're all deviants. That's what I like. Chelsea deviants, Chelsea deviants, <laughs> Hello. But yeah, I mean, they are. It's really mixed. You know, a lot are going for Aspie, a lot are going for Zuma, and a lot are going for Hazard. Uh, so you've gone for Zuma. I've gone for Zuma, yeah. So this really leaves me in a very difficult I, I can, position. I can see where this is going. Yeah, yes. I know. We, can, we, we I, I can't do a casting. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go casting for Zuma. Couch. Yeah, that, that's the casting <laughs> couch over there, too. It's big enough. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for Zuma, too, which means we have tied. So the first post that I see on Mixler that either votes for Zuma or Hazard is what will get you the man of the match. Drum roll. So you better hurry up. Come on. Otherwise, hurry up. Otherwise, I'll just go back to... A- oh, who? What is it? Who got it? Who got it? Who got it? Oh, oh. Whoa. Whoa. Blimey, they're coming in thick and fast. Sky gave City stick for not planning for, for Phil Linnett and gave a stick for taking... Phil Linnett. Right, James, James, Dan, he, he was the first. He said Hazard. Hazard gets Excellent. it. Excellent. There you go. So there we go, smart. Can't That's argue. Fair. Can't argue. You can't. Remember, can't argue. Remember the days when we used to have to cheat the casting vote? It, well, you did. Because nobody used to listen then. <laughs> That's when it was a real chin job. <laughs> I, I like true. your use of the word until you, we, started, pa- until you started paying the listeners. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, the check will be in the post, James. Uh, right, that's enough of part one. We'll be carrying uh, all of this on after the break and explaining why possession is nine-tenths of the ball, asking why the media and opposition fans are trying to devalue our title-winning aspirations with accusations of negative, boring football 
and asking what on earth has happened to stir the Stamford Bridge crowd into such a rousing atmosphere in the last uh, two home games. We'll be back in a sec. See you then. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Okay, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, of course. And uh, I'm delighted to have Dr. Mark Ross and uh, the chairman of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, Tim Rolls, with us tonight. And I'm delighted to see so many of you in the Mixler chat room. And uh, Mike Harvey's there, Nikki Kilduff, Alison Fridgley, Kenny B, Jack Faulkner, who I know is in Liverpool. He's a Chelsea fan in Liverpool. God, that must be tough. Uh, the is, lovely Clive it. Lewis, yeah, Mark's done it, you know, uh, as have the Normans. Two and a half Chris, years, I did, you know. Though. Yeah, don't go to the Jacaranda. Jacaranda. No, we, 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 we've got, his, we've got history with the Jacaranda. We can't mention it on I air. I actually used to drink we'll it quite death, a lot. We'll get, we'll, we'll get more death threats. Um, anyway, we're back. And ten, ten more years of the Chelsea fan cast. Oh, I wonder where you were going with that. Yes. Okay. What? Ten? Yeah, yeah, anyway, don't worry. Right, okay, we're back, and we're going to talk about the game in a little bit more depth now, and... Uh, I was talking to my partner in crime, Dr. Mart, in the pub afterwards, uh, having a pint or two, and, and he came out. He, he nailed it, really. If you want to summarise the game, uh, you could just go back to that wonderful... Uh, it was the rumble in the jungle, wasn't it? Rumble in the jungle. It was the yes. rumble in the jungle in Zaire. Ali against George Floyd. Ali, Boumaye. Against George Kill Ford. him, Ali. That's what they yeah. were saying. He let, him, he let him punch him for eight it was rounds. The rope him out. It was the rope of dope. It was the rope of <laughs> dope. dope. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember actually at the time, I thought, I did an interview with the, um, the Radio Woking, which sounds a bit weird, but yeah, I know. Uh, which obviously would have been a lot of Manx listening to it, no doubt, before the match. But, um, you know, they were all full of at the time. Uh, oh, you know, are we going to sit back and be defensive and negative and go for the draw, or are we going to win? And I, and I basically said, well, it'll depend entirely on whether Remy starts and what I thought. And then pretty much 10 minutes after I did the interview, you know, I saw the team sheet and mm. I realised it was Drogba, which which point I thought, okay, so he's going to be cagey. He's going to be tight. And my head was saying it'll be 1-1 and my heart was saying stuff them out of sight because I thought it'd be really, really important to win this match. You know, get the next three matches out of the way. You know, not not let it linger anymore. Um, but clearly, he had a game plan, and I and I thought the most hilarious thing about it, really, which is what Martin was alluding to, was that United played straight into their hands. I mean, they yeah. they were like the you know what was that 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 Tennyson into the Valley of Death road the, the, the six hundred the six hundred. I mean, it was like that. They were coming at us all guns blazing, the, the and we were just saying, come on, then the you're right not going to score. And then mm. the, the you know the one minute as, as Tim said earlier. One minute of quality, one mistake capitalised on, one nil, and the game plan was there, signed, sealed and delivered, I think, Ross. Yeah, I, I, I both agree and disagree. I mean, I think really... But you're allowed to, that's okay. That's, <laughs> I that's wonderfully ambivalent. Yeah. I like a bit of yeah, ambivalent. Yeah, exactly, because role for you in Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> Answer I mean, the question, Ross! We, we've got the attacking players to take it to United, especially when they play players like Chris Smalling, uh, Antonio Valencia right back, and we've got Hazard, Fabregas, Oscar, Matic. Um, but at the same time, you know, United's strength is going forward. Um, I thought I thought 
part of the fact that we were so reliant on our defensive play was we we were giving the ball away a bit. I mean, that's one reason why you only have thirty percent of the ball or whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, we create the two the two clearest cut chances. Again, Hazard was unlucky with that sort of little flick against the crossbar mm. after Drogba could well have scored. After Drogba's run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, knowing a couple of United fans, they, they were relatively happy with their performance. They they kept the ball and, and, you know, Falcao could have scored right at the end. But at the end of the day, Hazard was the difference maker and I think we played to our strengths. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's three points and I actually think it's going to be one of those weird occurrences where we haven't really played our way to the title in the last since the turn of the year. Some, I mean, some of the football we were playing at the beginning of the season was was amazing, but it may actually be that winning the title takes some of the pressure off, and next year we will actually see that sort of real. I think people sussed us out to some extent as well. Well, yeah, I think we, you know, we're missing a couple of squad players who could come yeah. in and give Fabregas and Matic a breather and and maybe an alternative on one of the flanks, but. You know, I think I think this team has more to give, definitely, in an attacking sense. But I think yesterday uh, was it yesterday? It was Saturday. No, Saturday. 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 Still feels like <laughs> like it, though, doesn't it? I think it showed that we can we can play. You know, whatever whatever wicket is 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 there, we we can play according, you, according you, to. You that. have to hand it to Mourinho. The tactics were absolutely brilliant. He said it in his interview afterwards. It wasn't so difficult or something. You you cut out the long balls through to Falaini. You 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 cut out their wingers, and what have they got left? You know, um, don't give away. Direct free kicks. I mean, it, it wasn't complicated, yeah. but it was brilliantly executed. Uh, it reminded me of another one-nil win against United, actually, and that was the two thousand and seven Cup final. Mm. Once again, he got the tactics absolutely right. He played Mikel through the middle to stop him coming up through the mm-hmm. middle, and he doubled up uh, on defending against. Um, uh, it was not the real Ronaldo and um, Giggs on the wings, wasn't mm. it? And he just doubled yeah. up on them. They they had no way to go. And a, another, yeah. another, that was one of those games with uh, with one of the most underrated FA Cup final winners of all time. That Drogba goal with the interplay with Lampard. Was yeah, something. Yes, it was blinding. Yeah. I mean, it's earlier in the season. You know, we went to United. We were probably more cautious. Yeah. than we did far too cautious. Should have won. Yes. Came out of it with a draw. And you know, at the time. I thought immediately you think well a draw at United is not bad I think they've improved since then they have I think they are a better team hmm. we were lucky probably that Carrick wasn't playing but then we were missing Costa so you know that's what happened um, but I thought that we, we, we played them pretty well I mean their record apart from Saturday, up to Saturday has been pretty good well so, they're the informed team well, they won yeah seven. they are yeah, yeah, yeah. They, no they well, won six haven't they yeah. they won six in a row the other informed team of course were playing on Sunday so we shall see what but, Villa uh, Arsenal Arsenal right. yeah <laughs> She's not. <laughs> Chidge isn't wrong there. I mean, I mean, this it's a really good point actually because you know they were the informed team. They've been battering people and they've been looking like like you know the Man United we know and hate. Uh, and even though I think they were, I think they were severely hampered by the injuries. And I mean, having to play Rooney in a deeper role really didn't help them at all. Um, but that notwithstanding, I still thought that we, we... I mean, the interesting thing is, and I think bearing in mind f- for what might happen next season, you know, you've got an interesting duel here with uh, Van Gaal, or Van Gaal, as we should say, and Mourinho. And uh, he absolutely done him like a kipper, tactically. Totally. Absolutely yeah. done him like a kipper. I mean, bringing Zuma in to snuff out uh, Fellaini won the game, you know. So, well well played, Jose. But, I mean, obviously, well played uh, Chelsea, period. I thought they were brilliant. Now, um... 
We all loved it, didn't we? We all thought that was great. I mean, I love seeing games like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can win 38 games 1-0 and I won't care if we win the there title. There is beauty in defending well. But all this nonsense that was coming out afterwards, in fact, actually, like, actually I, I, I've said this, percentage of nine-tenths of the ball, which, as I said earlier, and I did nick from Tim, uh, Chelsea had 30% possession, United had 70% possession, and I put what a load of bollocks. So that's my technical appraisal of that. But, I mean, you know, where do people come up with such nonsense, Tim? Well, it's interesting because... This whole gl- football was all about glory. It was a Danny Blanchflower thing in the early sixties when he was captain of Tottenham, mm-hmm. who won the cup, won the kick did and the run, double, wasn't it? Did they were the double a very in, good in team. Sixty-one, they were very good. Very team. good team. They haven't won the league since. No. You you have to marry. Obviously, the supporters at the end of the day, you do want to see the team playing attacking football, but the most important thing is to win. What you remember. Is, is trophies. You also remember playing with flats. Why people remember Nevin and Zola and people and Charlie Cook, people like that, because they had flair. And we've got Hazard. And yeah, we've but got we had nothing else then. Well, we had in, indeed. But at this stage of the season, when there's a tro- in the, the end is in sight. If we went out there and played flowing football and gave Fellaini space and Falcao space and Rooney space, and they did us, no one would be saying, "Oh, we played really well and lost two one." What you remember is we won one nil with three points closest to the well, circuit, I, I and would, we've killed them off. I would go further. I would say that at the end of the season, we won't remember the games at all. No. What we will remember is that we're champions yeah. again. And in 20 years' time, yeah. what will we remember? We, will, we won the championship yeah. in 2015. What, what intrigues me, just to labour this point a bit, um, I mean, you know, Ken Barkway actually uh, put this wonderfully in relation to my uh, loving for... Steely Dan, he said it's, 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 you know, people with beards who stroke their beards and play and, and, and are musicians like Steely Dan. Well, I would say the same people are the people who really get a hard on for stats because so bloody what? Yep. You can have 70% possession, but if you're just passing it between your defenders, well, indeed. what is the point? Yep. If the you're only not stat gonna... that counts is Chelsea won, Man United nil. If you're not going to do anything with it, what's the point of yep. having it? Shit or get off the pot. Oh, I like that smile. That's a very good analogy. But, I mean, what a load of absolute bunkum. I mean, you know, the other thing is, Tim, I got a sense that, uh, as I said a minute ago in this whole rope-a-dope thing, I, I, I think Chelsea just did fine. You, you have the ball in your own half. You're not going to hurt us there. You can have it. And if you step over the half line, we'll win it back. Hmm. And they did that. They, they had to win. So we, we, the, yeah. you know, we had the advantage because we could, you know, winning was obviously... Ideal, but a draw draw sort of suited us. Mm. So they had to go for it a bit. I thought we were comfortable. I think a couple of times early on, as I said, Luke Shaw got at us a bit. But once we'd sorted that out, I, I don't think they were... Uh, I think we were very comfortable yeah, second yeah, half, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, second half, very comfortable. I thought, I thought it was quite fine. I, I, I'm sure I get this right, but I remember Luke Shaw absolutely you know, going past Drogba like he wasn't there. But what a surprise. I mean, if you could, yeah. I, I could probably burn off Drogba in a race <laughs> at the moment. I mean, you know. But... You know, they, they'll probably be a bit disappointed that they didn't, you know, given they have got flair players, but that's his choice. Mm. He buys Di, they buy Di Maria, they're probably paying him a quarter of a million pounds a week or something absurd, mm. and he's on the bench. Well, that's... They have all attackers and their yeah. defenders, which yeah. is why, I, you know, I, I would have liked to see us go at them a little more, simply because they were playing 
Um, you know, Paddy, Mc, want, Paddy McNair. So, so what? We won, Ross. We won one nil. Well, Who cares? We yeah, got three points. They, they had a couple of chances where they, you know, we'd be talking about a different game. Had but you know, it's, you had know, Falcao's shot gone in and not hit. Not yeah, but, hit the yeah, post. yeah. And if 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 hmm. Hazard hadn't hit the bar after Drogba's yeah, well, attempt, I mean, if buts and Rooney, maybes, Rooney, you know, Rooney could have scored earlier. But on you could say this about every it, game. No, exactly. But I think on the balance of play, we had the two best clear cut chances, yes. and they had two good, decent chances. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I think it was a very good defensive performance. I don't think we can say that uh, we were categorically the, the better team. I think we stuck to our plan much better than they did, and for all the ball they had, they didn't create that much. But I think on the balance of play, I, I, you know, we weren't that good going forward, and especially considering how bad their back four is on on paper, we. We but arguably what, could have done a little. But it's not about on paper, is it? It's about what happens on the day. Yeah. And the reality no, was. No, 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 no. I, I know you're not. I know we're not disagreeing here. I'm just kind of re-emphasising what you're saying. You know, at the end of the day, it's about getting three points, which gets us three points closer to winning the title. And I, as I said, you know, before we started this conversation, I thought that he would settle for a draw. And I said last yeah. week in my IBT article that actually what I really want to see is to go out and aggressively try and win against United, against Arsenal, so we can win it against Leicester, so I don't have to have a flaming heart attack for the rest of the season. But, you know... And so that we can be there for yeah. once. <laughs> three, three points, another win, that's all I care about. And, and that, that speaks to Tim's point about yeah. the fact that United having to win. We, we had that luxury of being able to sit back and wait for the, wait for the moment. Um, well, and I, 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 I do think we, we executed the plan well. The only thing brilliant. I say is I, I, I think, you know, you want to see... You want to see Chelsea play well against inferior inferior teams, and United are I, inferior. Yeah, yeah. And, and and as I say, that Falcao yeah. chance. Well, they they are inferior, but I don't think they they are that inferior. I think I think that they will be a challenge next year. You know, because they, they've got so. I mean, they're going to spend so much money, and Van Hal isn't a complete buffoon. I mean, he has got some sort of. They've got record. a lot. Uh, they've got a lot of improving to do still. Yeah. Uh, whereas they I have. think we we only need maybe one or two but players. But I, and I would be surprised. I, you know, City have got to do some rebuilding. Arsenal have got the strength, and Liverpool look to be in some sort of meltdown. Meltdown. Yes. Meltdown. Meltdown. Tragically, and Spurs, Spurs as ever will be scrabbling around. Spurs, for sixth Spurs, Tim. So United will be a challenger for us next year. I, think. I, I don't know By what. Default, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know why it is that supporters of naturally attacking sides like like Manu on a good day, Barcelona teams like that, they they attack. That's how they play. Uh, why is it that their supporters have? I don't know whether it's insanity or or, or just ridiculous expectations that the opposition are going to come at them and leave it wide open. And let, them, and let them score goals against them. Well, it's not going to happen, is it? I mean, the, the fo- football is just about as much is just about defence as much as it is. Of course, it is. Attack. And, and uh, I think there is beauty in yeah, good exactly. defending. Yeah. Uh, the only, the only, the only thing I, I really want to say is that we've shown we can play really, you know, excellent attacking football this season. And I, and I think it really is down to the fact that we've Jose's really had to rely on. Twelve or thirteen players, as opposed to fourteen or fifteen. We've yeah. used less than anyone else. Yeah, yeah, right, yes, we yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, fewer. Yeah, fewer. Sorry, fewer. Yeah. I never did do A level English. Moving it on. <laughs> right. Moving it on. Um, I, I said it's, it's an interesting point, which I, I mulled a lot today before I, I penned my article. But um, it seems to me that the you know to, to tag on to the possession is night. I mean, all, all of the people that you know, all this claiming, particularly from United fans, who I think were exceedingly bitter. All, all the day yesterday about it, no more, there, more so than usual. Even the, start even, even the usually quite calm, placid, and erudite uh, Republic of Mancunia was spitting bile and and, That's and, near and, Beijing and, stuff, lemon, and eating lemons all day. 
No, Scott's actually, he, yeah. he's quite a decent lad, actually. But uh, he was very, very bitter about it. But it was, they were all full of the, we had, we were the better side. We had all this possession, which, of course, we've proved yeah. is meaningless. But the other thing is, is that if they can't get us with that, then, uh, you know, basically trying to beat us with the, we're boring and negative stick and actually the media to a certain extent have joined in on this and they I mean they, they, they won't have done this on, on the International Business Times but my, my headline for it was the last resort of losers because that's what I think when you mm. start criticising a team for being not entertaining but that's w- what it is you've got to realise the narrative we've been top all season yeah. that's not that's from boring, a, from a media it? point of view, that is not an interesting proposition. No. The interesting proposition is where it changes yeah. and there's three or four teams in, in contention. There aren't. We play a certain way and it works very well for us. Better, clearly, than the way the other teams play works for them. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of resentment and there's a certain amount of frustration. Yeah. But who cares? And the proof's in the pudding. Right. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. I mean, you know... I mean, Ross, Ross said this a minute ago, actually, and, I, and, I, and I, 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 we were talking about it in the pub, fair enough, Ross, before you turned up, but it really annoys me, actually, that, that, that uh, I mean, this goes back to, actually, when we, we won the Champions League by defending manfully as well, actually, but it really annoys me that, that great defending and organisation and tactical nows never gets applauded in this country anymore, you know, and... You know, just just think. As I, as I, the point I made was just think. If Arsenal knew how to defend, they might have won more than one trophy in the last nine years. You know, so why don't we get applauded for this? I mean, if England actually had any technical nows as a national side, we might do better than getting knocked out in the first round of World Cups. I mean, you know, it's really it's like there's, there is no football unless it's like whizzing around helter skelter style trying to bang in. You know, showboating mm. goals. And Defending's it, really important. If it wasn't for our defensive ability, Chelsea's defensive ability, uh, England would only have two teams in the Champions League every year. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And Mar- the best teams are built from the back. That's, that they is are. a fact. I mean, that is not. Yep. You know, is that a Rafa fact or a Martin fact? It's, it's, it's just a fact. Okay, it's just a fact. Doesn't matter who made it up. It's an a actual fact. fact. It's an actual fact. It's an actual real fact. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, you know, if you want sexy football, go and support Arsenal. If you want winning football, go and support Chelsea. You know, simple as that. And and I and I think the the other thing is that is that I, you know I don't think there was one person in that uh, you know in that stadium in Stamford Bridge on Saturday, not one Chelsea supporter gave a t- a, a shit that that it might not have been entertaining. Every single one of them went home or back to the pub uh, with a huge smile on their face. Or to dinner. Yep. You know, or, or to go or, to, or Ross's, to dinner Ross's even, yeah. girlfriend's twenty fifth birthday party, whatever. You know, with a huge smile on their face. Yep. You know? I left. I went, got on the tube to Wimbledon straight away, and it's exactly that. Everyone is sitting there beaming mm. on yeah. the tube. Apart know? from the, the guy, the man that was the, going the, back to the, Guildford. Two yeah. Ago, yeah, there were two Man, man United fans, yeah. but apart from them, everyone else was beaming. Exactly. And that's always a good sign. But that's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't ever remember walking out of a stadium, Tim, saying, <coughs> you know, uh, well, we didn't win, but it was really entertaining football. I, I don't think I've ever remembered saying that. If we lose, I'm hugely pissed off but I don't sit there saying oh well we played entertaining football I might have been guilty of saying we were all over and we should have won that oh well that's different (laughs) that's a a very different thing but I mean what kind of supporter goes well I don't mind we lost because we played entertaining football well it's not nobody nobody exactly it's absolute rot now there's a very good little segue there talking about the support um, I, I sadly wasn't at the Stoke match uh, because I took one for the team talking about the collective effort no, it was Easter weekend and Sarah had stuff to do. So I thought, you know what, I'll take one for the team here. It's only Stoke. What could happen? It's not like I'm going to miss a worldie that I'll never see again, you know. Um, but one thing, I, the, the overriding thing I remember from that was that the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. Martin was raving was about it good, when I saw good. him. Yep, he was yep. on the show that week, I think. 
but yesterday I was there and and I experienced it and I was I was actually I was overwhelmed by how because I mean in the Matthew Harding end at the upper in the gate seventeen yeah. it's a bit like a morgue isn't it small it can be and and I've never seen it like that. Was, I have never seen it like that. It was that. better than Stoke by, yeah, by, well, by a degree of magnitude. It, it really was. An order of magnitude, I should say. It was wonderful. Uh, uh, it, it was very, very good. It was very, very loud at times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, 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 I mean the Matthew Harding's Blue and White Army was, was hugely oh, loud. On and on and on, didn't but it? But that Chelsea at the end, I mean, somebody actually has, mm. has taken some video of that and put it up as a vine. Uh, I think Rory uh, stuck it up on the Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea fans, as I like to call them, the Chelsea fans youth channel. Uh, but it was br- I mean, it was so loud, mm. and I just think this, when you this get all brilliant. the stands singing together, which yeah. we don't often yeah. have, but also it is loud. St- I know she's standing up, but and people in Matthew Harding Upper do not stand up much. But well, that's because they can't. In they're well, all too old. All too old. But they were. <laughs> Everyone was standing up. The last ten minutes, it was really was, wasn't rough. it? It was. It was I mean, I can't remember. I mean, I've seen that at the odd European game, but yeah. very yeah. rarely at a league well, game. I was talking to. Um, friend of this uh, this show Rick Glanville about this earlier so Rick of Glanville and it, despite the fact that people say oh the biggest opposition the biggest rivals are Spurs or Liverpool there is something about, about playing Manchester oh there United. is yeah, yeah. There, there is, is definitely yeah. something especially about beating them yeah, yeah and beating them yeah and it is they are you know they are a big club they'll always be I think they'll always be a big club but and, and we beat them and yeah. I think people are up for that. Yeah. I think people respond to that. But they have More been the most successful club yeah. for the last twenty yeah. years, yeah. And, 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 and you can't, yeah, you can't yeah. take that away. From and we've them. always, there's, I mean, there is a kind of a weird bit of needle uh, between us and United, and there always has. I mean, I, I, this is not something we really like to talk about, but there was a bit of ag on the way out last night. But actually, there's always a bit of ag on the way out with United. Every time United come to us, uh, and I'm walking out by the Millennium Hotel, there's always a bit of ag. There's always one or two who are going to have a pop. So I think there is quite a lot of underlying needle yeah. with United. Somebody got arrested. They're, they're just, they had a swing at... Over, over the, as Martin says, over the last 20, 20 odd years, they're not very used to losing. So they don't, like, they they don't like losing. They're bad losers. They when like when I go and... to Old Trafford, I always come, go back from the ground to the centre on the corporation bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if Chelsea have won, I just take my headphones off. I'm I'm usually with Martin. We just sit there and listen. (laughs) And it's fantastic. They really do not like us. And they really do not, you know, it's so funny. Especially, you know, when it, what was it, up until probably about 10 years ago, we'd lost three times there in 40 odd years. We've got the best record of any other Premier League club against United, home and away. There's only one team that's won up there more than we have, and that's Man U. When we won there in in 2010, being on the bus was an absolute belter because they were so angry that we'd beaten them and were going to win the league, you know. They really so they, don't like it. But they also, because they see us now, possibly with City, as, as their main rivals in terms of mm. the top of the table. I, I don't yeah. think they... I mean, you know, I know that they're big rivals of City because, you know, yeah. clearly they're their local rivals. But I don't, I don't think United fans have ever seen City as a threat. They just, it would be a bit like us really seeing Fulham get taken over by, you know, the Qatari family and suddenly winning the league. Yeah. I mean, we just couldn't take it. We, we couldn't take yeah. that seriously. But and the, I think that's, hang on a minute, Smart. I think yeah. that's the same with, you, with your average Man, yeah. uh, United fan. Whereas that, us, they know we are. We've been there and done it and we'll come again and we are. And that yeah. must really piss them off. But, but the, the, the traditional hatred is between Man U and Liverpool, isn't it? Because well, yeah. Man U stole Liverpool's yeah. clothes. That's a yeah. huge... That's a and we've one. now stolen the clothes back again. Anyway, listen, I've got a question, <laughs> I've got a question to ask. I've got a question to ask, uh, which I'm going I'm to ask. Oh, oh my right God, on, Ross. what yeah. a goal. Oh, my God, we're 1-0 up. Yeah, by the way, I should tell you people that we are podcasting and we've actually got uh, the youth team playing youth. against Man City in the... Uh, 
in the youth mini, cup, mini in the youth cup final. Seven minutes in, yeah. one nil. Who's, who's scored? Who Tammy, Tammy Abraham just rifled it in from the edge of the area. Love it. We've been the better team so far already. Yeah, I've got a yeah we've been all in their half. It is impressive that. that City have their own academy stadium, I have to yeah. say. But yeah. so that, yeah. Still full of empty seats, though. Yeah. Yeah. So here, there, 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 Look at that. Goal. That's a cracking girl. God, he's Wasn't, made lovely like, contact it, with that, isn't he? That was a super goal. What a great finish. Sorry, it's a very boring radio, but I'm sorry. Yeah. But I, we are Chelsea supporters. And well, I think, of course, and that's, all, that's everybody's enough. watching this on Chelsea TV, so don't worry about anyway, it. Anyway, it's on ITV. By the way, sorry, it's on ITV4, which is the only reason I'm allowed to watch it, because I don't have Chelsea TV. Right, OK, what I wanted to ask you, very serious question... This has just happened in the last two games, and I think it's no coincidence that the Matthew Harding's Blue White Army, Matthew Harding's Blue White Army started it off. But what has turned this around? Because, you know, you and I and Tim, and we've been instrumental in trying to get atmosphere going and all sorts of campaigns, which have to date only ever done so much. And suddenly there is a massive transformation in the atmosphere. What, what's it down to, Ross? I don't know. It's, it's difficult, to, difficult to tell, really. I mean,. I don't think I have an answer for you. I mean, it's almost on a game by game basis. I mean, early in the season when Jose was having a bit of a go, and um, there was one game bit, after that when we yeah it was a couple quite of loud, games after it? that, and then it went quiet again. Yeah. And, now, and now I think we can smell smell blood, and you know, mm. I I always love it when this towards this end of the season, you know, whether you're in a cup game or you're in contention for a title, when when you score a critical goal and and one as good as Hazard's, the delirium in the stands yeah. is just but but the, yeah, phenomenal. But, the, the, thing but it, the atmosphere feeds off that delirium, but not usually. I mean, what would normally happen, and Tim would bear me out on this, and Smart, the Shed End will, will sing. The Matthew Harding Lower are always oh, singing. 1-1. One, one. Oh, you're joking. They've scored a goal. Oh. Nice finish as well. Blimey, this could be... I don't like this at all. This is far too entertaining. <laughs> Please be more negative. No, the way goals I mean, don't count. You know, Tim, Tim and Smart will bear me out on this. Shed End always sing. Matthew Harding Lower always sing. But you very rarely get the Matthew Harding Upper, the East End and the West End singing as well. And they all are at the moment. And for me, that's what the change is. And I'm, I, I would love to know why. You got any ideas? Tim? Maybe it's because we're getting closer to yeah. the trophy. As I say, partly it was Man United. Stoke was interesting because there was a better atmosphere. Yeah, there was. I don't personally think, you know, the manager saying something four months ago makes a huge difference. It may, at the margins it does, but I don't think... Uh, it, wore, it, it wore off after yeah, the time. Yeah, I think it did. I think it's just people, people are more up for it. You know, they realise we're likely to win the league. And they just want to see us do it. I, I, yeah. I've got a theory. Shall I give you my theory, Smart, or do you want to answer first? Oh, no, you, no, let's okay. have your theory. Okay. Well, your, my theory could just com- make whatever you say completely null and void. Or really. we'll just shoot it down in flames. Right. My theory <laughs> is that we finally come up with a song that every Chelsea supporter knows the words to. Matthew Harding's Blue Army. Matthew, Matthew Harding's Blue Army. But but it's but it's not people, very complicated. But there's a lot of people won't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you've been at the pub with at me, At QPR, when we scored at QPR in yeah. 88 minutes... Yeah. I was towards the back of the... We were in the upper tier, towards the back. Yeah. And other people have tweeted on this, and it's a fact. Between then and a couple of minutes after the game, it absolutely rocked. Yeah. It really was. Mm. It was absolutely yeah. fantastic to be part of it. Some, some away games, it's pretty good, but it's not excellent. That was excellent. Yeah. Parts of Saturday, particularly towards the end of the game, were excellent. And bring it on, I'm sure, yeah. at the Emirates, it will be... Uh, yeah. will be pretty good as well. I mean, bottom line is, it, it's fantastic to see, isn't yeah. it? It's really how it should be, and I, I love it at the moment. Long may it continue. Isn't it so much better? I mean, even people who sit in the East End and the West Upper who are seeing this, they must appreciate this, that this yeah. is what football's supposed to be about. You know, embrace it. Do it every flaming match. Now, what also was wonderful to see was the uh, very classy applause of Juan Matter, mm. which I thought was perfectly pitched. And I know Tim... 
quite rightly, in my opinion, has an issue with giving too much love to players who no longer play for yes. Chelsea. But I think if you're going to do it, that's what no, you absolutely. do. Absolutely, he goes off yep. as a su- he gets subbed, and we and the whole ground applauded him. That's what they, you do. They, they didn't chant his name. No, nope. they they applauded. Just him. Just stood and up and applauded because yeah. he never had a bloody yeah. song. To he never him. had a song. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's how you do yeah, it. Isn't I agree. It? That absolutely was perfect, yeah. wasn't it? And it, it left a good feeling all round. I think it, it did, did for him and for us. Yeah, so, yeah. the circumstances under which he's sold must have been quite upsetting for the guy. Yeah. Uh, and to come back and get a reception like that is, yeah. is very, very fitting. I he, think. He, he was definitely touched by it because he, he, he blogged about it, didn't he, Ross? But uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. He also hugged every single Chelsea player as yeah. they came off. And, and what a classy guy! I mean, he, what, it's a, such a shame that we we had to get I rid mean, of him. Really, but there you go. Two two years of both love and adoration from Chelsea supporters. Yeah. He's a lovely bloke. Well. Right on that happyish note, uh, we're going to like have a break, and then we're going to be back for part three, and it's all about the Chelsea supporters trust. And I shall be grilling Tim in a K Burley type style, or maybe even a Paxman style. So we're not talking about Le- we're not talking about Leicester away. No, we ain't got time. Okay, and we know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, we got to beat Arsenal, then we beat Leicester. I did it last week. Real fans, real opinions. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, uh, you lovely people. Sorry for. We, we're allowed a little bit of a half time, so me and Smart have managed to go off and have a fag and a pee and got more coffee. Uh, but we are back, and I am Stanford Chidge, and you are, of course, listening to the uh, Chelsea Fancast. Now, Martin, before we get into uh, Tim and the Chelsea Sports Trust, Dost has got a very special announcement to make. This is about the uh, yeah, yeah. what we just discussed. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes, well, 
Some people may remember, and those of you that visit the website regularly would know, that there is, in fact, a little button on there. <laughs> and if you hover your mouse on it and click Where on is it, it on the home page, on the right-hand side? It's on it? the right-hand yeah. side, yeah. yeah. And it's it, on every page, really, I think, isn't well, it? Yes, it is, because it's, it's in the margin, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you, put your, if you, put your, you hover your mouse over it, and click, it plays a little tune. What is it, what is it, how does it, it go? It goes... Buy the boys a beer, buy the boys a beer. If you don't buy the boys a beer, we slap you around here. Oi! So, so what, and what does that, what so happens? For the new people, the, the idea is that, you know, if you enjoy the show, and we do this for love. We, we do. do this for love. We do, we love it. And you, what, you fancy buying us a, 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 a cup beverage, of, a cup of coffee or something. Yeah. Then you can do that, and you can, you can through PayPal or whatever. Yeah, it's PayPal. Things, you, you can, you can let Chelsea us, have just scored again. Slip us a few quid. See, Chelsea have just scored again, so they owe us a beer. <laughs> Indeed. They're scoring, don't they? Yeah. I think. Who is it? Who, who scored this one? It looks like Abraham again. I magic. Didn't, I didn't see it. Oh, the magic. City yeah. keeper looks Lovely. destroyed. So that's two away goals. Yeah. So I, I guess Jody if Morris. Abraham does well and moves to America at the end of his ke- um, career and gets himself a decent car, it'll be Abraham's link. Very good. Too. Oh, very good. We like that. Right. Uh, oh, t- it was a bicycle yeah. kick. Lovely. Well, I think well, sort of. if only to stop Tim and his stand-up uh, <laughs> routine, I think we should talk about the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, for those of you, I think most of the people who listen to this show know that we're an affiliate of the Supporters Trust and that, in fact, many of us are on the board of the Supporters Trust, myself, Ross, and Pablo uh, in name. Um, and Tim, of course... Uh, was really very instrumental with quite a few others of getting this thing off the ground and uh without sounding like i'm blowing smoke up his rear end he's done a fantastic job as chairman for the last two years and several months mm-hmm. um so i think it's great that we have the opportunity to talk to him about it again and find out what the trust has been up to so i mean going back over the last couple of years tim i mean are, are you happy with the progress i'm happy that we've done specific things that we've said we would do we've held two elections We've had two annual general meetings. We've done the, the annual surveys. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. And we've done, we've had quarterly members meetings and we've had done newsletters. We've used this, the, the key thing is that we've used the survey to drive the priorities for the year. So that it, it's not what we sit in a room and decide are the priorities. It's what the, the membership of the trust decide are the priorities. We're an elected board. So we're representative of what the, 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 the trust membership want. And we, we're given a very clear mandate sort of at the start of the season in terms of what our priorities over the next mm. next 12 months are. I think that's a, that's a really important distinction, that, isn't it? And, and I remember because we've just had a... I think, actually, you know, when we talked about it recently, uh, a lot of the instigation for, for Tim on his little kind of podcast tour at the moment because you were on the mm. London is Blue podcast and the Podding Shed in the last yep. few weeks. But we also had a... Uh, a double-page pullout in the latest edition of CFC UK, which kind of outlines what we're all about and what we've done. But when when we were putting that together, one of the things that reminded me, in a way, actually, and, and struck me, was that that's what really differentiates us. I know, you know, there's ten of us on the board, but it's not actually about us at all. It's exactly what you said. It's about the membership driving what they want to happen, and that that happens effectively through the member surveys, doesn't it? It does, and I think you know, the, the, I believe. Celia, the next survey will be in um, in May, so it'll be done over the summer. The idea that when the board elections take place in in August, that they are it's very clear for them, the new board, whoever that is, what the what the priorities are. And I think the other thing is that the club respects the fact that we are transparent, we are democratic, we do have elections, 
they're impressed with the fact that we do the survey and how we do it and the rigor that Celia Middleton puts into yeah. doing it doing it properly. And I think that that does make a big difference because it means we are representing a, a body of people and not what would not the CST board sitting in a in, in a room. Well, it's not a cabal recently, is no. it? Really, that's that's the point. And indeed, you've you've published the minutes of the meetings. Yes. Yeah. So yeah the the quarterly members meetings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the members meetings are, are, are quite interesting because we've struggled with venues a bit because there aren't many venues around. And we've, well, and, until recently, to be fair. Yeah. And now we've happened on the Fimbra Arms, the basement mm-hmm. there, which is perfect. It holds 60 people. We got 60 people for the last meeting, so it seems to be a, about the right size. I mean, the annual meetings were more formal. We've held the last two at the club because they, there's certain sorts of business you have to go through. You have to do it more, sort of more properly, if you like. And what we've also done is had guest speakers. So the last meeting we had uh, PC Wright and especially Brockway from um, the local sort of police intelligence unit, football intelligence unit. We've had people from the Football Supports Federation. We've had Rick Glanville a couple of times taking questions, doing a guided tour of the cemetery. So we tried to mm. get the carrot for getting people in. And of course, as you know better than most, on the basis that you do the technology, it gets broadcast, we do a podcast, so it gets out there to the people who cannot, for whatever reason, a- attend something that's mm. held straight after a home game. Or those that live overseas. Or those that live overseas, or those that have just got... Can't can't make those make those matches. Well, I mean, obviously, I would hope that anybody who listens to the Chelsea fancast would already know this, but I'm I'm particularly pleased that actually we are in the Fimbra because uh, we can broadcast all of the special general meetings live now, and I believe it's it, it works quite well. So people can, you know, if you, even if you're in the UK and you can't make the yep. meeting, you can actually listen to what's going yep. on live, and you can interact with us because you know I can just deal with that rather than, rather than having to like do what I do here, which is talk all the time. Uh, you'll be delighted to and know. And of course, they do have some very excellent ales and lard. They do they? indeed. They do have some very fine. And, and sometimes you get royally entertained by l- uh, Lorch <laughs> and Walter <laughs> stamping on the floor. But the other thing, of course, is the podcast, which you mentioned. Yep. We always put it up as a podcast afterwards, and yep. it's, it's really encouraging to see how many people get to hear that, which, I, yep. which I'm encouraged by. And, and what is interesting as well, we put out, you know, we do a monthly newsletter just telling people what we're about, other links we think, think they might be interested. Because another thing to bear in mind is we are linked with. Um, Football Supporters Federation, Supporters Direct, in terms of wider issues, issues that are wider than just Chelsea. I mean, you know, we're talking a minute probably about campaigning issues. There are some things that are very Chelsea-specific and there are some things that are wider. So, it, we, you know, we do work with, with other trusts. We work closely with, with Arsenal, with Tottenham, Liverpool, Man United, Aston Villa, mm. Newcastle. It's quite collaborative, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And on the basis that the, the voice, you know... Pulling all to you know, all of us pulling together, we come you know, we have a much stronger yeah. voice. Because there are there are issues that affect all, all football fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, things yeah. things like safe standing. Yeah. And, and, well, yeah. that's the the classic case where mm. Chelsea on their own are not going to go forward and, and, and introduce safe standing. But you know, we did one of the things I am proud of is that we coordinated a safe standing survey across about twenty different Chelsea mm. supporters mm. groups and fan casts and, mm. and fanzines. There's only one fan cast, Tim. Yeah. One fan cast, podcast then, podcast, sorry. One Chelsea fan cast. There's only one Chelsea fan cast. And we got 4,000 odd odd responses. We did the road show on Fulham Broadway Mm, for three hours, which gave hundreds of supporters Mm. a chance to come and see what it was about. The the club have had the the results, but also John Darts from the Football Supports Federation, who's coordinating the campaign, can use our our support. Mm. And other clubs have done similar road shows and similar surveys. It all helps build build pressure as I say Chelsea aren't going to do it on their own it may take government legislation 
there's an argument that it won't it just takes a different interpretation but doing something like that is exactly the right thing and what i believe that the, the trust is about which is it is creating awareness gathering opinion and feeding that through to the appropriate agencies um you know over the last couple of years we, we i mean you know we've done an awful lot but i mean what, what would your highlight be uh, over the last or highlights be over the last couple of years in terms of what we've done and, and achieved i think that what what did please me was that we worked with uh, george gray from cfc tickets on mm-hmm. a ticket exchange proposal now i know this had been discussed at the fans forum but other members of the board not me i don't understand the technology but we came up with quite a detailed and well thought out and well argued proposal which we sent to the club and some weeks later they made an announcement that wasn't entirely dissimilar from the proposal that we'd put in. Now, you can argue, as I say, that it had been discussed at the fans' forum or what have you, but I think we, if we like, we caught the zeitgeist on that one. We we put some... I think we had the opportunity, and I think this is where football supporters fall, um, fall short sometimes, is applying some sort of rigour to a thought process. Rather than just saying to the club, this is crap, what you actually say to the club is, this isn't, this isn't right... But there are alternatives. These are the, the alternatives, and this is how they can work. Yeah, the, and, the board and, and George Gray put yeah, several months into, yeah, into, into, into yeah. getting that proposal. Yeah. Look, you know, and it was extremely profe- rigorous. Professional, yeah. And other, club, other trusts have seen it and are impressed with it. So it was, a, yeah. I mean, I think you, you discussed it at one of the pan yeah, yeah. Uh, trust meetings, you know, and it was seen we, we as, as good practice. We were at the Premier yeah. League about yeah. it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack Aranda Chick, who's a, a massively loyal listener to, to, to what we do, she just asked a good question she, here. She says, is there any feedback from the club on the survey results? Yes, there is. We did, um, both the last couple of years, we've done presentations to the club for about two hours where four or five board members go through the results. They understand where we're coming from. I think... You know the club do a survey as well, but they're obviously interested in what we what we have to say, what the priorities are. I mean, the priorities are around ticketing, they're around um, the new stadium, they're around safe standing, the young atmosphere. young people, the atmosphere. But they're also around, interesting with the youth game on in the background, bringing young players through mm. this type of thing. But because we do a you know we get the responses, we do a proper statistical analysis, you can see what the main issues are, and the club do do listen and they take it on board they obviously don't act on on everything but you know we had we've had two sort of well, annual the, review meetings the ticket exchange is a, yeah. is a case in point isn't it indeed but you know a, 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 a much smaller issue something that happened today you know a couple of weeks ago we were talking to the club and said that you know the price of some of the events the um, CPO, the John Terry event and the player of the year events you know was pricing an awful lot of supporters mm. out so we communicated to them that we thought that that was, you know, it was pricing a lot of people out. And wouldn't it be nice if there was some sort of way that it was made more affordable? Now, again, I'm not saying this is entirely just down to the trust, but today the club make an announcement that they're doing a ballot for tickets, for £25 tickets, for the um, Player of the Year do. Now that do, as I understand it, is a couple of days after the final game of the season. So it's going to, it, you know, it could be a fantastic event. Yeah. yeah, I used to go to Player of the Year dues in the eighties when it was five pounds, and you could drink with Kerry Dixon and David Speedy and Joey Only if your Jones. liver was strong enough. Only if your liver was strong enough. Which those, was, Tim? It was. Um, those <laughs> days have changed, but you know, it's, it's that type of thing. So there, there are big issues: ticket pricing, young people atmosphere, which you're not going to solve in, you know, quickly. But I think the club do do understand, and I think it's not about 
agreeing with them on everything. Yeah. But I mean, our slogan at the start was, you know, making your voice heard. Mm. And, and I think what I would say is if people join the trust, complete the survey, come to meetings, or if they can't come to meetings, communicate their concerns to us. We do take them to the club and they do take them on board. I mean, my, my perception of the club is they're a bit like an oil tanker, really, aren't they? You know, whatever they do, in other words, whenever they've listened to us and, and they actually do act upon what we say, it takes a long time of us mm. telling them the same yeah. thing before they come round to it. So they're a bit like an oil tanker. Nothing happens quickly, but we are beginning to have some sort of an impact, aren't we? Well, I, well, I think so. And I think, you know, the, the great thing about surveys is that you can spot trends. So we did one in 2013, get the year right, and we did last year's, and there were mm. some trends. This year, will be a lot of the questions will be asked for the third time. So you can see people's dissatisfaction, satisfaction. You can see their priorities, I suspect, changing. Mm. You know, the, the club have made a very positive move in terms of moving the, the age limit from young supporters from 18 to 20. Mm. I'd like to see it at 25, but at least it's a... You, but I remember, when, I remember when we were, were talking to them about it, yeah. you know, raising it from 16. Yeah. So yeah. there has been stepped progress. Yeah. Actually, talk, talking of important issues going forward, Tim, Clive uh, Lewis has just raised a brilliant... Uh, actually, there's a, there's a couple of questions, and, and, and because Mixler moves so quickly, I'm going to ask them both, so I'm, I'm sure yeah, you can cope with this. But Clive said he, he didn't see many touts around Fulham Broadway on Saturday, and those that were there... Uh, seem to be buying mm. uh, so I, I think that kind of gets us into the whole issue with touting which is actually a yeah. big priority not just for us but also yeah. for the club uh, and the other one Steve uh, is it Febby or Phoebe I'll call you Steve there we go I'll compromise and say Steve mm. he says question for Tim can overseas members vote or do the surveys why don't you answer the, his question first and then we'll talk about touting yeah, yes they can if, if you, you to join the trust um, it's www dot chelsea supporters trust dot com costs five pounds to be a voting member where you vote in elections or you can have the the non-voting membership but overseas supporters are extremely welcome and we do have a number of overseas supporters we also have affiliations with some overseas supporters clubs and we're looking to build on that next season but the bottom line is if you yep. sign up yep. and you pay five yep. quid it doesn't you could yep. be from ulan bator and you still get yep. a vote absolutely yeah you know, that's, that's the thing you can sign up for free and it takes literally less than a minute you just yep. have to provide your email address and your name and yep. you can vote in the members surveys as well. yes yep. exactly so you know pay your money and you can vote mm. in the elections. You can vote the board out. And yep. the meetings. Uh, and if you... <laughs> yeah. So uh, do, do non-paying members get to fill in the member surveys? They yeah. do, yeah. 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 So there we go. So if you've signed up as a paying or non-paying member, you can do the yeah. surveys. And you get... If you sign up as a paying member, that entitles you to vote in any of our elections yeah, and votes. Yeah. And, okay. and all members get the news monthly newsletter as yeah. well. Penned by Ross or Celia usually. And a very fine piece of work it is too. And by the way, while we're here, Ross is actually in charge of all of our social media. He so is. If you've ever seen any tweets or Facebook things from the Supporters Trust, it is Ross. Now, uh, Graham, or Chelsea Codger, as he's known on here, uh, gets us back into touts again. He says, Long-time Twitterer. Long-time Twitterer, and a very lovely bloke. all-round good guy. Exactly, all-round good guy, and also a resident of Hampshire, so uh, he gets my vote. (laughs) Uh, Isn't the lack of touts down to the club proactively suspending dodgy memberships? Well, every time we see the club, we, we, we do talk about touting. And they are frustrated because, despite what people say, once it's the, if the touts are not on club property, the, what the club can do is is very limited. They do, if it gets reported to them, they do suspend season tickets and, and members, and they talk about two or three thousand a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, but the problem 
doesn't just go I mean it, it manifests itself in a number of ways you've got the guys hanging around Fulham Broadway you've got the online ones charging oh, yeah. several hundred pounds then you've got the online ones charging several hundred pounds for tickets that don't exist mm -hmm. where people print off a receipt go to the box office on the day of the match to pick up two tickets for Chelsea Man United which clearly don't exist and that is I mean that's fraud mm. you know you can argue about the, the morals and ethics of touting but that is clearly fraud but it's very difficult and the yeah. club I know put a lot of effort into stamping it out I think last time we spoke to the club the way to handle it, and we you know when we talked to the police about this at the last um the last meeting yeah. I mean they understand the frustration but I think they're looking for a lead from the council mm. so what we're planning to do is, is a number of things it's the same issue, and people might laugh, but QPR actually have this issue because with so few away fans, tickets are in massive demand. So White City Tube, they, get, they have the problem and they're in the same borough. So talking to QPR about a joint approach to the council on this, I think from our point of view, we will be organising a write-in campaign either the end of this season or the start of next season, encouraging people to write into the council and say, look, this is really, it doesn't do the, the reputation of the borough any good to have these guys hanging around the street. I mean, it's complicated because you've got British Transport Police involved, you've got the Metropolitan Police, you've got two different boroughs because as soon as you go over the railway line, mm. it's Kensington and Chelsea, not mm. Hammersmith and Fulham. So it's not that straightforward. But I think the club are keen to do something. We're keen to do something. I think the, the key thing really to draw out from what you're saying, Tim, is... You know, in order for us to be able to do something, because actually the police and the club are de facto rather powerless to do much. So actually, we need to apply some political yeah. pressure. So the key thing is, if you're a Chelsea supporter and you, like all of us around this table, are thoroughly pissed off with the touts and what they do, yeah. then you need to write to your local well, MP. We will we coordinate. We, we will coordinate yeah. this. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to make up the, the writing yourself. Yeah. We can help you with that. But we will be organising, as Tim said, a write-in to the local councillors and, you know... We'll, we'll probably what we'll do is I suspect draft a letter for you which a you format. can then yeah, yeah just Online, sign yeah, and then yeah. send it to your local MP and really ramp up the pressure because yeah. that's probably the only way we're going to be able to do something about yeah. it yeah just yeah. one question about about Towsing. I know it says not transferable on tickets but is it actually illegal yes it is illegal yeah it's 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 against regulations okay yeah. I've got a lovely so uh, can I just add yeah, quickly on, on the touting issue Chelsea actually put out an article on the official website over the weekend but if you live overseas or you don't go to games that often, it's really important to know that there's only two official sources for match mm. tickets. One is the box office and the other is the official exchange. So if you, if you want to get a guaranteed match ticket that you know is not going to be fake and yep. you're going to pay the face value, the, the regular price, it's Chelsea FC. But is there not an allocation around the official supporters clubs as well? Yeah, that, but that's also going through the club. Yeah. But you, you have to go officially through the club, otherwise there's no guarantee you'll be mm. paying for an actual match mm. ticket. Uh, very good post uh, here by Mike, Mike Harvey, and uh, he says, I would actually suggest that us overseas fans, Mike's from uh, from New York, yep. and uh, he says, I would suggest that overseas fans do join the Supporters Trust as our issues will be different than those of people who are local. Deep. And actually, that's 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 spot yep, on. absolutely. And I mean, you know, it's very easy for us. I mean, we, we always try very hard to be, you know, very globally focused, if you like, and, and not forget there are lots of Chelsea yep. supporters all over the world. But it is very easy for us to uh, be a little bit more London and match-going yep. centric. So if we get more and more overseas supporters like Mike joining up, yep. then we get to know what pisses them off and we can raise that I mean, on their behalf. So it's, it's a valid point, isn't it? Beth Wilde from Chelsea in America was over recently. She's a 
member of the trust and she's a friend of the trust we do talk to her but i would encourage overseas supporters mm. to to join but i would also make re reinforce ross's point that the only legitimate place is to buy tickets from the box office and the ticket exchange if you buy off of a website with a long string yeah. of words there, it's almost certainly the ticket doesn't exist. And I'm afraid that does happen all too often for overseas supporters who may yeah. be, you know, maybe just getting to their first game. And I, yeah. I find it tragic that they get ripped off to the extent that they do. And I mean, you know, in discussions we've had with the club, they've said much the same. They turn up at the box office with this printed out piece of paper that they've yeah. bought and, and they, they sit there almost in tears saying, well, I'm sorry, there's nothing yeah. we can do, yeah. you know. Um, we, we need to, to move on a bit, Tim. Um, I think going forward, I think the issue of ticket pricing and, and the future of Stamford Bridge are probably looming large for yep. the Supporters Trust. Are there anything else that's on your agenda? No, I mean, I think oh, over everything really is, is the future of Stamford Bridge because the future of Stamford Bridge, if, and I think, you know, from what you read and what you pick up, everyone wants us to stay there. But obviously, there are an awful lot of people that have to be dealt with councils, you know, Boris Johnson's people, residents transport for london there's issues about access issues about it you know people leaving the grounds mm. without coming on the fulham road those sorts of issues but you know a new stadium would address issues hopefully around safe standing possibly around young people about having designated sections at, at, at particular prices it would allow i think a bigger stadium would allow possibly more flexibility around ticket pricing something that would be hopefully when we get the new TV deal kicking in a year's time, you know it will put more pressure on clubs to have more flexible ticket pricing. Mm. But the big issue for me is is is, is the new stadium. Now, there's, you're never going to satisfy everybody, but at the moment, supply massively exceeds demand. The ground holds forty two thousand. I wouldn't like to guess how many we could have sold out on Saturday, but I guess we could have sold out Wembley. We're not going to build Wembley in in Southwest Six. But we are Why don't we just buy big, Wembley? I mean, we, 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 we a, might as well. We, we play there every no, year. No, no, I don't gonna, want that stadium. I'm we are going to have a, you know, a, a bigger ground. And that will address some of those issues. So mm. I think that's the overarching thing. And an awful lot of things hang off that. But that doesn't mean that we do nothing until the new stadium is built. There are still issues around Keep ticket pricing, on. around touting, as we said. All, all these sorts Atmosphere. of issues. Um, yep. Supporter welfare for match-going support as well across all number of things, like policing, stewarding, home fans, away fans, yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, the, the policing were interesting. They, they came and they were receptive to the questions. Like one or two of the questions surprised them, but it was, it was a fairly positive mm. discussion. And it does mean, I think, that if there are particular issues with the police going forward, that you know, there are members of the board that are could approach them and say, look, we're, we're concerned about this. So um, what's the accepted view? Do, do people think, is it generally accepted that there will be improvements in capacity for the ground in the, in the not-too-distant future? Well, it, 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 it's impossible to say when. You see, Spurs have painted themselves into a corner. Spurs have been very stupid, I think. What a surprise. They've announced that they're rebuilding the ground, and they've announced mm. that they're not going to play there. They're not going to have a home for a year, so they're going to have to go to Wembley or Milton Keynes. But they haven't signed a deal with either. I think Chelsea are more likely to have their ducks to, in a row. To, to have all their ducks in a row, yeah. and that may take some years. And play it close to the chest play until it close then. To their chest. What you yeah. can't do is start leaking stuff and stuff no. coming out. And I think Spurs have been, to be honest, it surprises me because whatever you think of Daniel Levy, he's a fairly sharp bloke. And this came out actually from the minutes of a meeting they had with the club had with the Spurs Supporters, Supporters Trust. Trust yeah. This story. Um, I think Chelsea will get all their ducks in a row. I would hope that they will consult with with, with yeah. the trust, with supporters, in terms of the facilities within the stadium. 
but it may be some considerable time because yeah. and, and and I don't blame them at all. They are not going to give anything away. You, what last thing you want to do is set hairs racing when it turns out that, that well the stakeholders have to be on yeah, board. The economics yeah. of it yeah, have absolutely. to be right. The timing of it has to be right. And the, yeah, and then yeah. There's, you've got issues around facilities. Now further down the road, you can talk about within the ground, but there, there's a lot of major issues. To yeah, be, to there, be there's probably n- not more difficult location to do a stadium no. rebuild than there is at, at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things as well is that the, the actual acreage of the site is so small, that, mm. which is why you know, you've know, you got all these problems with access and um, egress for, for supporters yeah. on, on match days. Why One of the reasons why the, the capacity never went above 42,000, what was it, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So, and you've got residents and the property prices are so high. The club really have to make sure they yeah. get it. They get it right I mean, in order to move forward. I mean, there are very high-level solutions to this on paper, but there's yeah. so much development it, to do with those. It, it, indeed, and I think you know what the, the club have, yeah. I think, done the right thing. They've they've intimated yeah. that they would, you know, yeah. I think everyone would prefer to stay. At but there's the, the one, the one saving grace really is whether whether it's sort of like a, you know, the club doesn't in the long run doesn't actually make any money off of it. it the you know, if the club actually manages to get fifty-five, sixty thousand seat a stadium. It will improve financial fair play, which is one of the key things about mm-hmm. about football these days, whether we like it or not. And the reason behind that is that stadium costs aren't actually included in the in the calculation. So if mm-hmm. Chelsea spent however many millions it takes to redo Stamford Bridge, it doesn't actually affect the, t- the mm-hmm. team from buying buying the necessary players but, to win. The but league. then the payback period on that investment's yeah. got to mm-hmm. be investigated. Right, let's just uh, kind of move this on and wrap it up a bit, really. Uh, if we can, but uh, yeah. um, in 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 a sentence, Tim, why is why is the trust important for Chelsea supporters? Because they we give a a, a democratic voice to supporters. We we through the surveys, through the meetings, we give them the chance to get their views to us, and particularly on the survey, those views are taken forward to the club, and the club sit down. They don't just see them; they have a dialogue on them. Yeah, and, and it adds gravitas to, yeah. the, to those yeah. disseminated yeah. views that people have. And it brings and them together, gives and them credibility, a focus. and yeah. credibility, and hopefully therein to get things yeah. changed in a, yeah. in a sensible way. Um, and what do we need from Chelsea supporters? Well, I think obviously you'd like people to join the, the trust www.chelseasupporterstrust.com, but also to get get people's feedback. What are the issues? Join us, complete the survey, tell us what matters to you. That's what I would say. Excellent. And uh, we got some, have we got any forthcoming events, meetings coming up? We're going to have one more, probably a virtual general meeting, maybe even in this room. In, we uh, did it last uh, year. We last did it last year. Yeah. But in, in a few weeks' time, we've still got to, to work that out. That would probably be in mid mid-May annual general meeting will be the first weekend of next season which is early early August whichever day that we, we're not playing mm-hmm. uh, and the elections are directly after that so yeah the, the, so the, you, there's could, stuff you, going you on can generally time. sack the board sack the board well, or not as the case that, may be but that you know that's that's the point that's isn't the it point. if they don't like people don't like it they can stand yeah. or they can get other people to stand and they can vote vote out board yeah. members and if you yeah. don't if you don't vote for me this year I promise not to hold it against you all and can members nominate board members yeah, that's how. That's yeah, how it's you, you have to be yeah. nominated. So you'll yeah. be proposed. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a little cards. You have been nominated by the Chelsea supporters. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it 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 takes less than a minute. I mean, not even yeah. not even thirty seconds. Really, you go yeah. to the homepage of the website. There's a register now button. 
You just have to put in your name and your email address. Hear me now. We're, we're on Twitter at Chelsea. <laughs> we're on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust, and we're on Facebook as well. Yeah. We are brilliant stuff, Tim. Um, I think we should, we should give Tim a round of applause Absolutely, for that. Absolutely, yeah, great, brilliant, work. great work. I kind of feel we're applauding ourselves, but actually, Tim was well, so good. I, I, I'm going to say we're definitely give, applauding. Give yourself Tim. a hand, Chidge. Give myself the clap. I know it's an old joke we've done on here for years. <laughs> now, uh, just to kind of wrap up that uh, to, on, on how to join. I know I say that, and actually, for, this is for Tim's benefit, really. See that bit that I've written there. You see, yeah. we, we say that every week on this show. Excellent. Every week we plug the trust. So there Good we man. go. We try and do our bit. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, to join the trust, as Tim said, and to get your voice heard by the club, all you have to do is pay five English pounds to become a voting member. Or, of course, as Ross said, it's free for non-voting members. Uh, and you sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com. Uh, and that means you can attend any of the meetings. You can come to the events that we run and you can vote on all of the issues that directly affect you. And, of course, as I said, make sure that you get your voice heard. Uh, and uh, Ross is quite instrumental with Celia in getting a monthly newsletter out, which kind of keeps you abreast of what we've been up to and uh, how we're doing, progress on certain issues and stuff. And, of course, there is always um, a representative <laughs> of the Supporters Trust at the CFC UK stall, which is opposite uh, the entrance to Fulham Broadway Tube. And, uh, you know, they're usually there for a couple of hours before the game, uh, if it's a home game. So come and find out, and who? Well, Ross will normally tweet out who, who who's on duty, but you know, seek them out if you've got any questions or if you want any issues raised. That's the best thing to do. Brilliant. Right now, we're almost on time here. Amazingly enough, uh, after the break, we've got the usual Chelsea can fan roundup. No, because I, I read the I read the throw to the break, Martin. The score in the FA oh, Youth you can, Cup final yes. at half time, half time is Manchester City one, Chelsea, Chelsea two. two. Brilliant. Uh, okay, after the break, after that brilliant breaking news, uh, we've got the weekly Chelsea fancast roundup. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast. Okay, welcome back. I'm Stephen Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And tonight, I've got Ross Mooring with me. Evening, too. Good old I'm Ross. liking your wine. Thank you very much. He's enjoying uh, my wife's wine, actually. I don't drink much wine. I stick to beer. But uh, Tim, we've got Tim Rolls from the Chelsea Supporters Trust, chairman of uh, the wonderful organisation that is the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Good to see you, Tim. Very welcome. And enjoying your tap water. Thank you. Well, it's free. It's <laughs> and, and his Wi-Fi as well. It's and clean. Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, yeah, free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Free Wi-Fi in the bunker. Free water. Yeah. We're nothing... We've done it here all these years. I know. Amazing. Last but by no means least, we have a doctor in the house. I'm still here. Yeah, good to see you smart, as I'm always. Now, here. this is the last bit. So I'm, I'm going to whiz through this, but we've got a, a few usual kind of plugs and stuff to get out. We've got a bit of... Uh, what we'll do is... Uh, we could then do t- uh, Tim's top t- 10. Sorry, for those of you who don't follow us on Twitter, Tim very pithily... Said he doesn't want to talk about football. He would rather talk about his top ten music, uh, his top ten records of all time. And I said, I, I, I see you, Tim, and I raise you. So we are going to do that. And then we've got a little bit of correspondence. And at the end of that, which I'll get you to read out, smart. Okay, don't. And then after that, we've got one question from the Portuguese, which I think is brilliant. And he wants to know what constitutes a Chelsea legend. Okay, and hopefully that will take us up to what time you have to go. So there we go. Right. Without further ado. Um, CFC UK you can get the CFC UK fanzine at home games or from the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway Tube as I said of course you can get them at away games there is I think one more Tim help me out here is there, there's one well, more to do, isn't there? There's one more to, to be written, yes. There's a John Terry special. There's a John Terry special, that's Mooning. right. Yeah. Um, and there's a, yes, well, I think 
we've got to write the next one by this Friday, haven't we? I think you could be right. So, yeah, there's one more plus the John... So... Um, what did you write about in your John Terry special? Was it John Terry by any chance? It was partly about John Terry, but it was about leadership, <laughs> the 1960s, and the lack of leadership in other Premier League clubs. And did you know that Walter Orton still owes me £10 for actually managing to get pink fluffy knickers into my last CFC UK article? I didn't know that, but I do okay. now, so thanks He does. For that. And I actually, not only did I get pink fluffy knickers in, I got it into the same context of Tim. In fact, Ross, if you get up out of your bum... Uh, off your bum and get Office that bum. get your get that fanzine and I'll show it to Tim while I'm I'm blathering on. Anyway, it's the best fanzine out there by a country mile, so make sure you get it. Uh, only a pound. Only a pound. Hurry up. Uh, now, if you can't actually get it in person, all you have to do is get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. Now, canners. Uh, we mentioned this the other week, but I love canners so much that I'm determined to uh, mention it yet again. But in May, um, I'm, uh, uh, basically, Canners is going to be taking part in Soccer in the Streets as the captain of uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta, basically the Atlanta supporters group, uh, Atlanta. Uh, their supporters club. Uh, and he's going to be doing a Q&A night as well, which they've coordinated with the RERA Irish pub. And uh, they reckon Paul Cannibal has a lot to offer from talking with teenagers and doing a skills clinic for the younger children, which is absolutely true and sharing his amazing story of overcoming adversity, dealing with abuse from his fans and even his own teammates. Now, his presence there will not only help promote football in the city with an upcoming MLS team, but also help a charity dedicated to empowering undeserved youth through soccer, character development, mentoring and employability programmes. All sounds very good and worthy to me. Now, if you need any other information, uh, just basically get hold of them. Uh, the best best place to go is uh, the web address, which is atlantablues.us forward slash pool. And even better, you can actually sponsor canners uh, for the football match by visiting accounts.soccerstreets.org forward slash canners11. And I have some brilliantly breaking news, which is canners is going to be on the show on, on May the 4th, which Excellent. I think, yep, yeah, May the 4th be May with you. May the 4th you. be with you. Uh, and if you follow him on Twitter at Kings Ca- at King, at got King it wrong. Put your teeth in, Ross. At, at King, King Canners, you can get the information on uh, on what. Great, you just brilliant stuff. Well, Canners is going to be with us here in the bunker. I've got some brandy in specially for him, and <laughs> it'll be the May the Fourth show, which I think is after Palace, isn't it? Yes. So that yeah, could that be. Right. It could be the time. We, is we that just May, don't know. Is it Bank Holiday? It's Bank Monday? Holiday it Monday. Yep. Well done, Tim. Absolutely. It could spot be on. Championis by then. But uh, even better, um, he's going to tell us all about his trip to Australia. Which, mm. was, if you follow Canners on Twitter and Facebook, he, he just had the most outrageous time there. I can't wait to talk to him about that. And he can probably talk to us a little bit about uh, this as well. And also the fact that his documentary uh, was on while he was away. So I'm sure he'll probably want to talk about that. That is a show not to be missed. Now uh, we've come to the highlight of the evening. Which was not about the Man United game. It was not even about the Chelsea Supporters Trust. It's all about Tim Rolls's top ten records, pop pickers, right. smashy, 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 nice, smashy, nice, 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 are you doing them in reverse order? No, it doesn't. There's no particular order. There's no order. order. You've got to have them in right, an order. Right, I'll do them in an order. Ten to one. Right. but they're Coming in at number, number ten. ten. N- none of these have been hits in the UK. I think maybe one of them's been a hit in the UK. They are all girl groups records from the early and mid-1960s. Girl groups? Girl groups. The, you know, Phil Spector type stuff. No punk, Tim. No punk. 
No, oh, nothing. Thought, oh, we're going to abort this, this, cut, this cut segment now. Sorry, sorry no, I'm disappointed already. No, I told and you, you, you ever go at me about Steely Dan? Clayton Beerman, who's probably probably listening, Goalie59 to anyone on Twitter, I, we, we exchanged playlists once, and he observed that 90% of the records on my playlist were had female lead singers, which is absolutely true. It's just something I've always liked for... And why not? Nearly, ...for nearly 50 years. So I... What I was going to say, rather than read them out here and bore people, I will put links to... They will be on YouTube, I think. Um, I'll put links to them and put them on the Fancast website probably on Wednesday if I send the links to you, Chich. Yeah, I can, or I can just do a Spotify thing and, yeah, and do it like okay, that. But, I'll figure out a way yeah, to I'll, do it. I'll, I'll, yeah. You but, can do a YouTube playlist as well. There aren't, probably aren't too many people out there who've got a, a wide collection of records by Bonnie and the Treasures, Jackie DeShannon... Or um, the Shirelles. So what is number 10? Of the number 10 would be Lover's Concerto by the Toys. Right. I've never heard of that. Number 9 would be Should I Cry by Jackie DeShannon. Jackie what? DeShannon. It's a river in Jackie Ireland. Jackie McShannon. Yeah. Number 8 is I Never Dreamed by the Cookies. Lead vocal being um, by Darlene Love. but Cookie. I've taken <laughs> <laughs> number seven would be Train from Kansas City by the Shangri-Las. Shangri-La. I guess the Shangri-Las would be in yeah. there. Number six is Strange Love by Darlene Love. Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> by who? Darlene. Darlene Love. Love. Right. Number five is Home of the Brave by Bonnie and the Treasures. Which is a Phil Spector record where which Ronnie Spector allegedly did the lead vocal. Bonnie um, and the Treasures. Bonnie and the Treasures. It's Land of the Free in there. Yeah, Home of the Brave, Land of the Free, Why Can't My Baby Come Back to Me or something. Something Blimey. like that. Anyway. Splendor in Knowledge. the Grass number four by Splendor in the Grass by Jackie DeShannon, which is the best probably the best pop record ever made, in my opinion. Is he, is he related to uh Oh, no, it's the same one. Same, the yeah. same person, yeah. yeah. She's particularly talented. Jackie DeShannon. Jackie DeShannon. Three. Every Day I Have to Cry by Dusty Springfield. Oh, that's quality, Tim. For finally, one I recognise yeah. and actually like. Every Day I yeah. Cry, Dusty. I walk past her grave in Henley quite often. Really? Yeah, really? She's just buried blow in a little Henley. Kiss, yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah. Num- yeah. Number two. I've, I've been buried in Henley, but for different yeah. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Num- number two, Will You Love Me Tomorrow by The Shirelles, written by Carol King. Great, lovely. Great song. Which is a great, great song. song. And number one, Keep On Dancing by The Ronettes. Now, The Ronettes made the Ronettes. a load of cracking records, which were hits, so I've left those off and put on Keep On Dancing, which no one will know. Did The Ronettes have anything to do with Ron Gourlay? Nothing whatsoever, <laughs> as far as I know. Okay. I actually preferred the big Ronettes. Very good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Were they a bit like anyway, three degrees? I, I apologise for that list. It was a bit... Um, t- Tim, t- what, Tim, what is going on with that list? I am shocked, bewildered and amazed that that I, is your I selection. I went through the records I played most on iTunes in the last ten years. Yeah. I knew you'd work it out statistically. S- yeah, absolutely, yeah. Stripped out the ones that had been in the charts... And then decided to go with oh, the rest. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. That is a that is a, yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. is a, a truly surprising <laughs> a truly surprising. It, it's selection. no it's no surprise to Clayton Beerman or my friend Martin, who is I think listening for curator. the first time. The curator. Hello, the curator. Nice to <laughs> nice to know that you might be in here. I'm I'm genuinely I really the, do you know what mate I have to say <laughs> that is the last thing I expected. I'm I'm kind of whizzing through my 
Spotify on my uh, on my mobile. I'm not sure all of them will be on there. Now I'm going to no. I'm, I, it'll take me ages yeah. to figure that out. But I'm going to tell you what my top ten are. Right. And they are basically. Uh, I thought you were going to say basically. They're not knowledge. in. They're not in one to ten. Right. They're in chronological order because okay. for me this this is like almost like I did it like a like a biography. Right. It's like a musical biography. No, no, you may, you may, Tim, put them in order. So you're going to put them in order. As I, well. I am at number put, ten. Well, I, they can be in whatever order you like. All but right. at number you know, 10. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a chronological biographical order. At number ten. All right, number ten, Wessex Boy by Frank Turner, because basically that was, you know, that he, he came from Winchester, I came from Winchester, and the lyrics to that, that was me when I was age sixteen. Everything he writes about in that song, so that's very special. Uh, London Calling, because I moved to London when I was eighteen. Uh, the, it was the first. Uh, Clash album. I, I I missed the other two because I'm a bit younger than yeah, you. Yeah, well, two. you are. Yeah, the, f- but the first you know, one is in fact the best. But I but but, anyway, but whenever I've lived in London, where have I lived? I live by the river. Yeah, and, and what, of course, and what our readers can't see is the oil painting on the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I don't know. I, I'll do I'll do a periscope of with that in a minute. Van, yeah. I'll do a periscope. It doesn't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, but also, London Calling was recorded in Pimlico. I believe it was. It was, just yeah. over the road in Boxall Bridge. So that's very important to me. President Gas, uh, the Psychedelic Furs, one of my favourite bands, one of my favourite tracks, uh, and that kind of always resonated with me. Uh, Limelight Rush, because I love Rush, and I love the song Limelight. You certainly don't. Yeah, well, I know, you Is know. Is Lee? I, I, I will tell you now that there's no Steely Dan in here, all right? Uh, but living in the limelight, uh, which is uh, something I've had to do occasionally, and uh, as the song says, for quite quite often with some pretty horrible results. I've is been that, there. The dancing limelight. in the moonlight. No, no, it's not dancing in the moonlight, Russ. <laughs> I've uh, been to the limelight. Right, Psych by Killing Joke, because I used to love that, and uh, when I felt a bit mad, that's that. The Psych always reminds me of that. Uh, Behind Blue Eyes. Oh, that's a classic. Yes, uh, always reminds me of one of my best mates growing up, because I used to have to put my fingers down his throat uh, when he was. If he, swallowed, Mon- if he swallowed anything evil, yeah, and he because yeah. he, basically he used to swallow things evil all the time. Mm. Uh, Come back by the Foo Fighters. I just love that song because it's a really defiant song, and when I've felt low, I quite often put that on, and it brings me back up. She sells Sanctuary by the Cult because again, another band I loved when I was a kid, and, well, and I just love that. Free Will by Rush because if I ever had a song that was that epitomised what I'm all about and what I stand for, it's Free Will. Is that the I'm, one that goes Free Wheels on my yeah. wagon? Uh, no, it's and not Free Wheels on your wagon. The that, Cherokees are after Who is that? <laughs> who is that? Cherokees are chasing I can't remember the bloke who did that. It's a very funny. Yeah, I yeah, know. Well, Free Will, you know. I think it says it all. And the last... the Roger Whittaker or Somebody like that. The last, but by no means least, and this is this is probably the number one, is Stay Free by The Clash. Because, again, that reminds me of... Uh, you know, Your mates at prison? school. No, no, no none, of them, none of them, to my knowledge, spent time in prison. But it just reminds me uh, of mates at school growing up and, and the bond that you have with them. And, you know, and uh, as they say, you know, what is it? Step lightly, go easy, stay yeah. free. Yeah. Which I think, you know, again, it sums it up for me. So there we go. So I don't have any girl bands in mind. I feel denied, Tim. You well, know. there you are. Anyway, Tim, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm. My I'm, top 10 is all Spice Girls records. Okay, and Martin's are all. Uh, <laughs> I've Lee, forgotten them. I don't Lee Marvin. Get, I don't think you can get them anymore. Lee Marvin and Hank Marvin. Hank Marvin. I, was, <laughs> I was born in a Chelsea shed. Yeah. All right. Guys. That was Lee uh, Marvin. Very good. Yeah. All right, we've got to move on. Martin, bit of correspondence. Right, correspondence. We've probably sh- lost all of our I've listeners only, now. Got two, <laughs> I I, so. You know, I'm always on a mission to lose as many listeners as I can. I think we might have just nailed it this hush, week. Hush, hush. Sorry. Correspondence from Jack Humphrey at Jank Humphrey 87 Great pod this week at Chelsea Fancast at Stanford Chidge. Your comments about QPR, QPR, <laughs> had me in stitches. Good. Didn't it? Didn't 
Didn't it have us all in stitches? Yes. I enjoyed that rant, actually. It took me back to the From old days. From Chelsea HQ, which is at Chelsea underscore HQ, caught up with the Chelsea fancast this afternoon at Stanford Digi's QPR rant was quite simply brilliant. I didn't pick them all out because they were all nice about me. Next page, please. Hang on. From Ryan Thomas, who is at Juan Kev Doyle, at Chelsea Fancast at Stanford Bridge. Great podcast again. Keep it going. Listen to it every week. Right, we will. Giles Matthew at Giles Matthew. Ah, yes. This is a good post. Chelsea Fancast. Entertaining stuff, guys. Keep it up. You guys help me fall asleep in LA in the nicest possible way. There we go. I was full asleep. I'm not sure about that, you know. Well, if you think about when it goes out and all of that, I don't know. But it was a lovely post from Giles. I had a nice bit of Twitterage with Giles. And off air, I'll tell you uh, about that. And hopefully, if he gets to London, we'll try and get him on the show. Next right? one comes from a chat with an unlikely but highly appropriate handle. Nine points to go, which is oh. at Gutsy Chelsea. Has he changed it to, to eight points to go? Well, I, I hope he will. I, 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 I hope he will, yeah. <laughs> West London is yours, QPR. Are you fucking sure? Make my made my day that comment. <laughs> I did like that one. And finally, this as is Chich- the, now this is the big is this the big question for the Portuguese. As Chidge right. has been alluding to for somewhat for some while now, from at Portuguese underscore APR sixteen, or was that the date when you put it there? I don't know. At Chelsea, oh, Vanguard, in your opinion, what makes a Chelsea a legend, and do you think David Luiz should have that title? Mm. Who, wants, now, to, who wants to have a go at that first? Then I think "legend" is a massively overword used, overused word. I've heard players who only played eighty games for Chelsea been described as a legend. I think mm. would David Luiz be one I, of those? I, no. I wouldn't personally. I'd have a very short list of about eight or ten people. But that's okay. Who, who are your Who are your Chelsea legends? Then well, I mean, top five. I think, top five. Let's all do it. I, I think you'd have. This is top of my head stuff, so I apologise if I miss anyone. Terry Lampard. Zola, Nevin, and, and Osgood, or Tambling. Tam, no, you'd have to have Tambling in there, so perhaps not Lampard. Mm. It's very difficult to five. But, you know, having names sprayed around, people who play a couple of seasons for us and hop off. I don't think there has to be a statutory limitation no, 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 on, on I'm a just, number. I'm just an old cynic anyway. So, I, I mean, look, the, the, essentially, Tim, I, I agree with you. I, I love it, actually. I, I, I'm feeling really proud of myself that I'm getting as grumpy as Tim. You know, it's I, quite I, difficult. No, well, I see, I see it as a sign of impending maturity. You know, but I agree with you. you I think, it, I think legend does get bandied around far too often these days. And you know, I think, I think you have to have uh, achieved an awful lot over a long yeah. period of time, almost like long, a career. It's longevity, time. Yeah. and I think you know, it's a mixture of longevity uh, uh, and trophies, and also attitude and charisma. And so, uh, to me, someone like Ivanovic. Is arguable when he's gone that he would be seen, but not yet. But not yet. But he's a cult hero. He's a cult hero, indeed. And there's there's again, there is a distinction. I think, yeah. But you know, it's it's semantics. But it's oh no. But in this case, these semantics are very important. Mm. Um, No, I I think that's a really valid point. I mean, actually, I think that 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 idea that the distinction is between cult hero and legend is actually very very pertinent because actually, Louise, in my opinion, was a cult hero. Indeed. You know, but he will never be a legend. He was simply not I, here long. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And he he was too flaky. Yeah, he'd have good games, He's and he'd have he'd have absolutely shocking games. Mm. Mm. Um, I think it'd be hard to keep the four players who were the spine of uh, of the Chelsea team for the last ten years 
Drogba, Lampard, Terry and Check, uh, Check out of it. Mm, I they, agree. They, 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 I think they're all well worthy of that title. Longevity, what they've achieved. And then going going back further, obviously, Osgood. I never saw Tamblyn play, so he probably wouldn't be. But in I, I would, you know, Tambling, Benetti. Benetti, yeah. Uh, Ron Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kerry Dixon. Kerry Dixon, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's that they constitute legends in my book. Mm. I mean, you know, people might say, well, why Chopper and why why Benetti? Well, they they hold the record for the two they highest do. appearances above and, JT. And Benetti never played for anybody else. Harris played yeah. for Brentford a couple of games, a couple of um, seasons at the end of his career. Mm. So they, you know, they... And they've got longevity and they won... Here's a question for you. Charlie Cook, legend or cult hero? Well, to me, he's a legend. Wow. Because mm. he... When when he signed for Chelsea, Chelsea had a lot of very good players and they were a good team, but they didn't have a, a truly creative player. I mean, Osgood was creative, but in a slightly different way. He was a ball-playing winger, and I think that does excite people. That's why Nevin, I think, for a lot of people, is a But hero. he wasn't there for a terribly long time, no, was no, he? No, no, no. See, Pat's a cult hero yeah. to me, not a legend. Um, yeah, but Kerry is a legend. He, I, he, I, does I, he? I, would say, I would say Charlie Cook's both. He's one of those players who, who comes into both when it comes to... Yeah, I think that's quite... You know, if you talk I mean, to Martin, my, Martin Knight, mm. uh, I think Charlie Cook's his favourite yeah, player. Is, my, yeah. my dad's favourite player. He was such yeah. a creative well, player. Was, was Charlie yeah. Cook. I, I think, actually, longevity, yes, but there are a few exceptions. I think, actually, Juan Mata's one of those. Mm. He's not you, a legend. He was a legend during his time no, he here. Can't be a, you can't be a legend can't, during your time. What, what else could he do other than be... Player of the Year twice in a row is only two years at the club and be sold against against his will. Well, he could have stayed and fought for his place. I could say if I was being nasty, which I I, I don't mean to be, but I I, I don't think you and can, he was involved. You, you know, can't be I, a legend in your own lunchtime. Basically, you can only be a legend yeah. after time has gone past and you can reflect back on it and go. Mm. See, so, I, I think each you can be a cult hero. Each generation of players has has a, you know you you've got a larger pool of legends than you do say candidates for the best Chelsea 11 or greatest players ever and I think a legend can you, you know you, you can only do so much during your time here and especially if you're contributing to trophies and matter one Champions League and um, yeah. it can't just be about trophies because no, 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 go back he was, he was br- I mean he was brilliant from his first game to, to, yeah. to his last right. game but there's, there's other players who probably would have been legends had their careers not been cut short by injuries mm. you know thinking of people like Hutchinson yep yeah, that's that's true. Mm. But I still say more of a cult hero there. We could do a whole show about this. Yes, definitely. We really, really could. And if but you had fifty people on, they'd have to fifty different. Well, people. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. the beauty of it. But I think of maybe maybe uh, we'll try. And Matt, and, uh, sorry, just to go back on matter. His relationship with the fans, his relationship with London. He got he got the club cult hero. Yeah, I, I, hero. Get, I get where you're coming. But it's there was there was something explode. about the Joe legend Cole. about, Joe about Cole? the way he played. Joe Cole, yeah. cult hero, not yes. a legend. Not a legend. Agreed. But he anyway. was never as good. At, Ashley know, Cole, was. legend. Nat King Cole, cult hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should, we'll, as I said, we could do a whole. I mean, you know, there we go. Steve Hadlow's coming with a great uh, post here. And by the way, hello, Steve. It's we miss you, miss seeing you every week, uh, helping out in the gallery. I hope you're well, mate. But he says McAlaney named a position after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a Chelsea legend. Cult hero. Uh, anyway, um, right, we should we should move on because I mean we could do this for another hour, but we really can't because poor old Martin has to go home now. Uh, before I go give you the Mimi TV plug, I'm going to read out uh, my paragraph, uh, which is very uh, egotistical of me in this this month's uh, CFC UK. But for those of you who haven't read it, I have won ten pounds from Walter Otten for writing this. Uh, many in the media, and in fact, I suspect quite a few Chelsea supporters 
believe it is more likely to see legendary CFC UK scribe Walter Otten run onto the Stamford Bridge pitch wearing nothing but pink fluffy knickers than it will be to see a youth player break into the Chelsea first eleven and have the same level of success enjoyed by John Terry. What do you think of that, Tim? Wonderful. Thank you. Right, now... uh, we got to go in a minute, but before you do, I have another special announcement to make. I made this at the beginning of the show, but I'm going to remind you, Lot, because I know there are still some of you listening in Mixler, and actually this is very much aimed at you, Lot. Um, now, as I ca- I, I've said a few times recently, we've, we've launched this new video channel uh, on Mimi TV, M-E-E-M-E-E TV, and it means that we're going to be doing mini-podcasts when the mood takes us, uh, and it's going to be like, it's like Google Hangouts, so it's kind of like a bit like live TV where you can join in. Uh, with the chat which is great now I've decided that the best way to kind of do this is that after every Chelsea fan cast on a Monday night um, I will host a special Chelsea fan cast warm down for about 30 minutes uh, kicking off at uh, 9.15 which gives me time to have a quick fag after doing this show uh, and really if you join in there if you go on to Mimi TV I'll answer any of your questions or, or discuss any of the issues that we raised on the show so if you couldn't stand Tim's uh, selection of his top 10 you can argue the toss with or me on that understand it, okay if you think mine were incredibly <laughs> self-indulgent you could dig me out for it if you want to talk about the the you know what makes a club legend that that could be a very interesting discussion point or and, you, and are you going to be in the mood Chid? i'm always in the mood i've had three cups of coffee i am absolutely pumped mate i tell he's you he's dancing in the mood it's, like, it's like the equivalent of a crack pipe my coffee got you in so i'm bar. well up for it so no I'll, i will be there and i will host it's it right, now it's all right what you uh, what you need to do to participate interact all you have to do is to go, you have to sign up and log in at mimi.tv that's m e e m e e.tv and then you go to the tv guide the live tv guide which i think is mimi.tv forward slash schedule and then scroll down and click enter early or watch on the chelsea fancast tab uh, and then you click enter me chat which is the live broadcast and then you should be able to watch us live uh you can only do it if you've got a desktop or a laptop with a webcam, I hasten to add. And then if you've actually got something to say when you're in there, you can actually request to chat and then uh, you'll have a prompt to click an allow button and then you click request to go on the stage. And I, I can help you out with that. Um, and you'll see it, your avatar will be at the bottom of the screen and it turns from red to blue. And that's when we'll be as able to put you... Be. As it should be. And then we'll be able to put you live on the show. Now, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to chat to me. If you just want to like post a, a comment on the instant messaging thing, you could do that. But it would be nice to get a few of you in there. Uh, Mike Harvey was there. He's going to be in there again tonight. He really enjoyed it last week. Although it was a bit odd, wasn't it, Mike? Cause it was just you and me. Because I didn't actually bother to plug it very Cozy. heavily. Uh, but it'd be nice to get... We, I think we can get... Did you grant him access at any time? I granted him access at any time. Uh, but, you know, get a few of you in there. Let's carry on the discussion. It'd be great to do that. I will try and post the link and, and the information you need uh, on the Mixilla chat room in a second or two when I finish the show, all right? But hopefully I'll get to see a few of you in there. Now, I've lost the last bit of the script, Martin. What have I done with it? Here we go. I've got it. All right. It's where you offer to buy everyone listening around. I'm going to buy everybody who listens around. Okay. A round of what, you may ask? Well, the water's free, as we said. Now, um, okay, I'm afraid that is all we've got time for. Now, um, if you've got any good stories or emails or photos or anything like that, or just want to tell you, tell, you know, tell me how much you love me coating off QPR, then send them in by Twitter or, of course, email the show at uh, chelseafancast at gmail.com. And, of course, I'll try and read some of them out. Uh, We will be back uh, on Monday, the 27th of April, to report back on the Arsenal match. Uh, And I will be joined by Dr. Mart again. 
Indeed. Uh, and Three I, in a row. We, absolutely. He's on a hat-trick. Uh, you don't get a hat-trick ball, though, smart. Uh, and Dan Silver will be back from his holidays, and Clayton Beerman will be back with us. Clayton would love to do I mean, He'll do his top ten, I can guarantee. All right. There's a well, challenge. We want him to or not. Yeah, there's a challenge. <laughs> he will. Clayton, 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 you can do your top ten on the show next week, providing that it's not full of girl bands from the bloody 50s or whenever they were. All right? I'll ban that. Uh, anyway, uh, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, and of course, make sure you check out the great blogs on our website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Some of them written by Clayton, some of them written by me, none of them written by Ross, much to my utter, utter sadness. Chagrin. Tim can write one if you want one day. You're most welcome. You know, we don't we don't get as many hits as we ain't got no history, but you know, it's probably because we ain't got no history. But there you go. Uh, Martin can write one too if he wants. But anyway, anybody can write. Really, I could write. If any any of you out there want to write a blog, let me know. I'll put it up if it's half good. Anyway, uh, make sure you check out the great blogs as I said, and you can also find out all the information on how to listen to and download the show on the website. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And, of course, uh, every week I put up my article on the International Business Times. I put a link up on Mixler earlier on. Check it out. It coats off all the Arsenal and the Manc fans, which I think we all find amusing. And, of course, you can follow them at IB Times UK Sport. And, of course, I do my monthly ones in the CFC UK fanzine. That is it. Right. Many thanks to my wonderful guests this week who have been wonderful Ross Mooring. Great to see you, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've missed the show a lot. It's great to be back and experience it again. And It's great for much more fun yeah, yeah, being yeah, here, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You know, bollocks to the TV show. This is where it's at, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's great to see you, mate, as always. Cheers, Tim, mate. fantastic to have you on board with us tonight. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it's much, as I said, we, we, we actually have got a second win because... This is so much more fun compared to what we yeah, were doing I mean, on I TV. Yeah, I did the TV one about a year ago. I, didn't, I can't say I enjoyed it much, no, but no, this know. is much better. I'm the only one who enjoyed the TV show, so I think it says a lot more about me than everybody else. But uh, it's great to have you with us properly and particularly getting your input on the Chelsea Sports Trust, which is very important You're and very, very well. close <laughs> to our heart. And they're getting distracted by the Chelsea match on the telly. Smart, as always. Good to see you, fella. Very enjoyable show this evening. Hasn't it been, just? It's been a good one. No, I've enjoyed it too. Brilliant stuff. And uh, I'll see you again next week, mate. Uh, There you go. Uh, Great to see so many of you in Mixler, as always. I love seeing you in there. Hopefully, a few of you will follow me into Mimi TV in about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, Follow you into battle, mate. Follow me into battle. I go into battle. You come come with with me. me. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree. And keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.